welcome to episode five of Prepared, your TBC podcast, and a little bit of classic talk as well. Welcome back. I'm Snow, and this is Zyrene next to me. Uh, how you been, Zyrene? I know we we missed you for part one of the podcast. If if you're watching the vod, actually, this is part one. You you, you guys won't know, but uh, yeah, we missed Zyrene for half of the podcast yesterday. Yeah, and we'll be there for the the rest of it, which is a really unfortunate because like listening to those guys talk, they're they're really well articulated, and I like a lot of their. Uh, a lot of their points but you know at the, at the end of the day it didn't really convince me because you know I, I don't i don't think my stance is like super strong i just feel like you know the thing that you opened with where you know the positives outweigh the negatives for you uh i kind of felt the same way but yeah for context of what happened like uh yesterday when that part was filmed was uh uh paul uh condolora condolora i think is his last name uh i work for pro guides he just got hired as the coo um and this guy worked for cartoon network and he was the co-head of the harry potter global franchise team so having somebody that big come in uh to your company you kind of want to be there kind of want to be attentive and stuff so yeah have, having basically a c-level executive uh come in you have to a company that is a startup is a really fucking big deal so yeah that that's the context on that otherwise you know i would love to be there i would love to talk with those guys so it's unfortunate but yeah 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 i, I mean uh yeah, as, as well as that, I, I guess I should say that um, yeah, Zarin can come off a little bit uh, harsh sometimes when he's debating, but it's it's just uh, a very analytical style. I think uh, last episode, when I uploaded it, I knew it was going to be a little bit controversial regardless because yeah. of, you know, the topic it's at hand. Chamber, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a very yeah. polarizing topic and um, it's something I talk about in the second half. So for those people that are kind of sick of boosting talk... You can skip the second half. There's timestamps in the description. <laughs> so the first hour of the podcast will be me and Zyrene talking about TBC topics and such. And the second half is going to be the boosting back and forth that I did with Josh Corbett and Ale. So Josh Corbett runs runs the one of the longest running World of Warcraft podcasts in the world. He uh, He's friends with Mad Season. He's on the pro boosting debate. And, and we basically did an hour or an hour and a half of just back and forth discussing boosting versus anti-boosting. It was a it was a really good conversation actually. So yeah, if if you, you're tired of boosting talk though, I get it. You can skip the second half. It's timestamped in the description. But do uh, people yeah. think I was really that hard? I, I I don't look at a lot of the comments on things, but uh, yeah. they they, they I, thought I that imagined. maybe you were you were arrogant. <laughs> came mm. up. But uh, I I think the the big one that came up a lot was was because um you expanded on the concept of if you're rich in real life, you should be rich in game as well. Yeah. And I think a lot of people kind of thought that okay Zyrene oh, yeah. is for this but he, you're just kind of expanding yeah. on a theoretical idea they yeah. didn't understand so, it yeah yeah that, that's actually like a really interesting thing because uh the person who came into my chat and said that initially it i was like damn this guy's a dick but it, because it's kind of like you know the the everybody's like a robin hood kind of kind of person um where you're like you know you want to be for the people you don't want to be about like the rich and stuff like that it seems really snobby uh but that person like i had to kind of seed to him he did have a point that nobody has said that as a like rule for video games everybody thinks it's a thing where it's like you know video games is the great equalizer right um but somebody made the point of if i'm rich in real life i should be rich in game and i was like well nobody's actually said the opposite and made their game around the opposite like and if they have then you know it's completely free to play there's no advantage nothing like that right so uh, there's very few games that are like that. And of course, games do trend that way nowadays towards the people who, you know, it's accessibility. So it's not just rich people enjoying themselves. But yeah, they, 
I'm not somebody who spends a lot of money on like video games in general. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I fucking worked for, you know, Riot Games and played League of Legends, which is a free to play game. So it's like I, I don't really like throw a bunch of cash at games uh, at all. I'm very, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. very stingy with basically my lifestyle in general. Yeah. Uh, I think the most expensive thing I've ever bought is my bed. So, <laughs> hey, that's a good investment. Uh, it's a good investment. It, it 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 is a really good investment. Yeah. It is a really good investment. Yeah, no. There's a there's a story there's a story behind the bed. But oh, man, uh, do we both have bed stories? Because uh, I, I slept on the floor for for three months because oh, I really? accidentally oh, ordered uh, my bed here. You know those beds? All, all the trendy mattress companies comes in beds in a box now. Right, you you order yep. it and then you just open a box and it expands. So I thought, oh, that's a cool concept. I'll, I'll I'll order one from the U.S. and I'm in Korea, and because the site wasn't very clear that was importing it, I may have picked the C option instead of air shipping. So for like three months, as as this mattress was coming from the U.S., I just slept on the floor because I didn't want to order another bed because I just spent a thousand dollars on one bed. Oh no, man! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, for me, I was like. You know, I sleep a lot and it's like, if I'm going to spend a third of my life in bed, I want to make sure it's a good bed. Okay. And when I was casting the 2017 spring finals in Vancouver, um, for league of legends, I w basically whenever there's like events and stuff like that, riot does a really good job of like getting really good arenas, really good hotels. Um, like honestly, they, they would just spend a lot of money on esports finals. Um, and so we were staying in the Four Seasons Hotel. In fact, the entire crew was. And that bed was literally the best sleep I had ever had in my entire fucking life. So I, I remember going to the event and like the cameraman between breaks, he, he like popped out and he was like, you guys in the, the Four Seasons? And I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, that bed though. And I was like, oh yeah, do that bed. He's like, he's like, people were saying we should go out to wings and stuff like that. And I was like, nah, I'm going to stay in bed. And it was like, it was seriously the best sleep I had ever had. I didn't want to leave it. And so I told myself if I was still thinking about that bed a year later, I would go buy it. So it's a, it's a $6,000 bed from the Four Seasons Hotel. That's what that is. <laughs> because Christ. I was still, th I was still thinking about that bed a year later. And I was like, I'm going to save up. If I'm still thinking about that, I'm going to buy it. And I take it for granted now because I've had it for like two years, three years. Uh, and I take it for granted, like oh, yeah. whenever I sleep on like a different well, mattress. Yeah, now, you, you visit like, someone else. Yeah, like every time mm -hmm. I visit my parents, I know, man, this is not my bed, and and these aren't well, my sheets as well. See, that's the thing is like you have your own bed in your sheets and stuff like that, and that's like personalized. And but uh, you've you ever slept in a bed that you're like, this is better than my bed? Like that has happened to me before, but ever since then, that has not happened. Like my bed is literally the best bed I've been in. And whenever like somebody else is over or they're sleeping in it or something like that, or I'm just like, oh, you know, you can chill at my place. They, they're always just like, holy shit. And, and it, it's great because I don't have like a, um, I mean, I used to have a headboard because I didn't want to be one of those guys who just puts their bed on the floor. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, every, every esports person. Um, I used to have one, but my, my room just isn't large enough anymore. Yeah. So uh got away went away with that but you know it's it's a nice bed regardless anyway yeah anyway you know. yeah welcome to bed talk on the prepared, uh podcast but, uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah so t talking about tbc stuff before people yell at us uh, why are you talking about beds for one hour on the podcast hey 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 but but like that's the thing is you know podcasts they they're free-flowing so <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so chrono boost displacer uh, I'm sure you you you've seen about this because it's it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, let me pull it up on the screen for people. Uh, the Chrono so, Boost Displacer. 
Yeah, the Chrono Boost Displacer is a really interesting thing that they decided to to throw in there. You can go ahead and yeah. talk about it a little bit. Okay, so to explain it to people that don't know, so on like the day or two before April Fool's, actually, the worst time to announce something like this, by the way, uh, Blizzard had a blue post from a dev explaining that they're adding this item that you can buy on the PTR, and when you right-click it, it basically saves your world buffs at the state that they're in, and then when you click it again it will disappear and give you back all your world buffs. So this is essentially just saving your world buffs every time you click on this. And, and for those curious, I do have a whole YouTube video on this. You can, you can go check it out. I went on PTR and played around with it for a bunch. And it's, it was a very interesting change, especially at the timing, because uh, one, when I put up the video about it, half the comments were, this is April Fool's, I'm disliking it. <laughs> so I had to go in the comments and say, no guys, please stop disliking the video. It's... It's real. I swear, I'm not yeah. doing an April Fool's joke. No um, debate. Yeah, and then the developer had to come on and say, yeah, this isn't April Fool's. So everyone, uh, this is not April Fool's. This is a real item. It is on PTR. It's very buggy right now. So in my testing, it is super, super buggy. It, it, sometimes your buffs buggy. just disappear. You can literally give your buffs to someone else by accident as well. Sometimes the buffs just seem to jump to someone else that's near you. Um, very weird things happening. It's, so it's super, super alpha stage as far as the item goes. But... Um, yeah, I, I think the first thing I'll say is, uh, remember last podcast, guys, when I was saying Blizzard sometimes makes great changes, but they do it six months late? <laughs> uh, I feel like that's how I, I think when I look at this, because uh, it's it's a good change, but it's six months late. And it's also a really kind of a interesting way to do it. Um, what are your thoughts, Irene? So my thoughts on this are, this is a good thing overall, right? Like, even if it's late, it's just kind of for me... The more Blizzard does these types of things and makes the right choice, the more they'll hone their instinct on what the Blizzard or the the WoW player wants, the classic WoW player wants, um, which makes me really hopeful for the future of TBC and even classic era because it means that they are listening. They just aren't sure on how to do things or pull the trigger on them. And as their intuition gets better and they kind of hone that instinct, they'll they'll potentially push these things out faster. So I'm optimistic on this, but overall for the Chrono Boon Displacer. It's good, for sure, right? Store your world buffs thing. I don't think it's going to affect purging too much if you know if this were like you know six months ago. I think people would still do it because everybody has to get their world buffs one time, uh, and then this just stops people from hanging outside the instance like AQ and stuff like that. So it would have affected that a lot more where people were worried about losing their buffs on entry because uh, now you can just pop it inside the instance, right? Which is just a lot better. Now, this thing for me is really uh cool because i've thought of like different ways to use this where you know you could go in with the full world buffs and stuff like that you could use your chrono boon displacer and then pop them on i was thinking about it and i was like you know what i would want to (laughs) do i would and this is also something for like a progression guild a literally a progression guild you could get your world buffs and stuff like that if you were struggling with content and put them in the chrono boon displacer go into the instance do as much as it as you could without world buffs and then when you wipe on things you pop your world buffs right that's i think like one of the things that it'll help people who aren't as hardcore who still get world buffs um that they can pop it then i also looked at it and i was like you know what my fucking rogue my rogue has 99 parses on everything but like an 88 on kt because 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 my dad guild can't do kt to save their fucking lives and we can't make it there with two hour buffs and we can't make it there with one hour buffs so i was like you know what i would do 
I would do the entire instance just get carried by my fucking raid until KT, and then boom, I popped the buffs on me for the <laughs> so I could get my ninety nine fucking pars. Fuck off, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like Holy when shit. when I was looking at this, I, I, at first I looked at it and I thought. Is this the right fix? Like, because I was thinking, man, if they're just gonna do this, they could just put like an NPC at the start of the instance that just mm-hmm. gives you buffs, and you can't get it more than once in a twenty-four hour period or something like that. Just, just yeah. to make it easier. But then I, I thought about this, and and it, it looks like the reason they're doing this is because they don't want to completely isolate the crowd that says, "Hey, we want PvP, we want to like have ganking and things going on." So the way they've done this mm-hmm. is that you still have to go get the buffs. So you can still go get yep. killed getting the buffs and such. Um, There is sweaty workarounds. So in my video on in YouTube, I do talk about how technically you can have five Chrono Boosts on you, get one buff, uh, save it, wait one hour for the cooldown, go get the ne- next buff, uh, and then save it, resave it again. So you have to spend 50 gold since each Chrono Boost is 10 gold each. But it is a way that you're basically never going to lose world buffs ever again if you're willing to spend 50 gold. Um, that or or you if you die you're gonna lose only the buff that you just got and and just got gank mm. getting. Um, what do you mean? Sorry, explain this a little better. Okay, okay. So th- this is kind of like a co- confusing thing because uh people people aren't sh- super up to date on how this works. So mm. when you click the chrono boost, it puts the actual item. If you have more than one, because you can have more than one on you, it stacks. Yes. It puts the item on a one hour cooldown, and then mm-hmm. it saves your buffs, and then it creates a new item. It's like a unique item. Let me see if they've got a. Yeah, a supercharged chrono displacer. So this is the thing that saves, that has your world buff stored inside them. So to release mm. them, you have to click this. So because it's unique and soulbound, it stops you from doing any shenanigans with getting multiple buffs and things like that. And and you can't store, or you can't get any buff that's already stored in inside. So you can forget about stacking buffs and such. But mm. but um, it doesn't mean that you can't release the buffs one hour. Um, after your original cooldown on this original Chrono Boost Displacer stuff is, is done, and then use a second Chrono Boost Displacer to then store again. So you can keep releasing and storing every hour as long as you wait one hour in between. Which means technically you could get a perfect stack of buffs going from place oh, to place. Yeah. Okay. So you can transport your buffs from one place to another place. Um, gotcha. So you, this, this is just buff uptime is all you're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, buff uptime. And also, I guess, buff security. Like you could... Like for me, I wouldn't use it for every single yeah. one because, you know, um, Alliance, if I'm talking about my Alliance Rogue, you do a buff train, you get most of your buffs with barely any loss in, in one go. Mm-hmm. But I would still use it for, let's say, uh, like Just a Rend things, or yeah. Songflower. So I save it and then I go get that Rend and Songflower so that I, I don't risk my other buffs when I'm going to go get those buffs. So yep. maybe I spend uh, another 10 or 20 gold on one or two more Chrono Boons. And yeah, so yeah. it... it it has really interesting implementations, especially because of the stuff that you just mentioned where, where I was thinking about, yeah, um, if, if you're in the dad guild, you could literally, this is going to change passing for dad guilds because you could say, okay, well, uh, everyone, let's save our world bus for, for the second half of the raid and then we'll use them then. Or you could even say, let's use our world bus at the start um, and then save them and then continue using them in the later half of the raid. So you could be like, okay, protect we- Protect your buffs? Yeah. Dude. Dude, yeah. you actually just changed all of the fucking uh, like the Chinese GDKPs where they wipe on Oro to like teleport them. <laughs> it's like every everybody. Oh, yeah, I didn't think M, about Oro. Sa- yeah. sa- save your fucking buffs. All right, we're gonna wipe here. I'll get teleported to Oro. Throw your buffs back on. Let's go. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's fascinating, oh, man. No, the the no, uses no. of this. And, and like, like as well as that. Besides that, uh, just saving the buffs, you could come with 
one set of buffs, just not even use a Chrono Boon. You come up with, you do your buffs the traditional way you come in, and then you save your buffs if you're wiping. Because I tested this, it works in combat. You have six seconds. Yeah. As long as you're not killed or interrupted in six seconds, you can literally save your buffs mid-wipe. Dude, I, I've had people hearth on Patchwork, you know? Everybody's like, run away from Patchwork, get, get your Chrono Boons going. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, man. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, it's going to add some interesting gameplay in a way, but I think world buffs are at a point now where people are are frustrated by them. It's it's tedious. It makes you not play your character. And you know, I have I have so many alts now because I just I I world buff and raid log. I have so many alts. Yeah, I, I have more than I can actually play at this point uh, and raid on. And the, there's like a big uh, a big thing with me where I was like, you know, I don't get to play my rogue at all, which was one of the best things in regular classic was playing my rogue in PvP. But now it's like I gotta buff my rogue, I gotta play my rogue, and then I gotta play my warrior, then I gotta play my warrior, then I gotta play my paladin back to back days. So I play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, um, for like four characters in a row. And then on Tuesday, I need to like buff my warriors again because those are really important for like speed running and stuff. And they're main tanks. So if I if I get like purged on my warrior, I need to go get rend again. I need to go get, you know, other things again. So for my rogue, it's like the least important for me to buff. So I have to buff the other ones first, but I don't get much time to play my rogue. So for me, it's like this would be super fucking cool to have. Now, the other thing, too, about it is uh, I was thinking about this and I was like, so in the raids, because, you know, I, I, I speed run and stuff. It's like if we did Dark Moon Fair on Monday, then Dark Moon Fair on uh, like Tuesday, right? Did like a Monday, Tuesday. Then you rebuffed and you got it again for next Tuesday. If you clear Nax in under an hour, you can just save your Sage's Dark Fortune for the next week yeah. by using Chrono Boon Displacer. So you could potentially have another hour of your Dark Moon Fair if you got it last and you keep it through the entire raid and then you just, you know, give it the, the suck and you put it inside the, uh, the Displacer. So it, there's some interesting things you can do with holding buffs for, for later on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, at, at the start when I looked at it, I thought, man... Uh, really, like I thought, man, Blizzard, if you're gonna, gonna go this far, you must have just put the buffs in the instance uh, for free. But then when I thought more about this and and the implementations and the interesting usages of it, I I'm kind of down for it now because it makes things really interesting. It I feel like it injects a breath of fresh air and fresh dynamics into into classic. It it if I feel like this is the kind of things that maybe they might want to do for classic plus, add these interesting things that are that that take away. But because the problem with world buffs is that. It is a difficulty factor of the game, but it's an, a yes. really unfun difficulty factor. And, and like we've talked about in the past, uh, I, I don't think they should have really unfun things in the game that make the game more difficult because it, 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 it loses a lot of people. I, I know Red Tusk is in the chat. He, he's the popular creator of one of the, the top UIs uh, for LVUI, one of the top mods. And he, he was saying how he would... He would have stuck around potentially in Classic if this item was on earlier because he was so sick of never actually getting to play Classic. And at the mm -hmm. end of the day, you want as many people playing Classic as you can. And I was having a talk with someone whether this is helping the casuals or the hardcores more. And because they didn't make this expensive, if they made this like 100 gold, I think the community would be kind of annoyed. But because it's really cheap, it almost helps the, the casuals even more because... You don't have to play as much anymore. You can log in and be like, oh, there's a, there's a rend dropping in 10 minutes. Okay, I'll just save that now. And, and mm -hmm. like, you, can, you could get all your buffs over a period of an entire week without really stressing about it. It's, it's no longer going to be where 
you have to get all your bus within like like this two hour period, and you have to stay on and get them all really quickly. You could you could just look at the timers and think, okay, there's scheduled ones here. I'll just chill and, and go get it then. It, it man, it makes things so much easier. It's uh, honestly, it makes things so much easier. On the yeah, whole. It, it really does. It really does. Like even if you got uh, all of the dispellable ones and Songflower and put those in, and then grab the other ones after, you could just throw them on later. Like there's a lot of different ways you can do it. I I think it's just overall a really good idea. And you were talking about like Red Tuscan uh, staying around. Yeah, like you really want to play the game. And that's why I have so many damn alts is because I just keep playing the game even when I'm not allowed to kind of thing. Like I just get to 60 and I'm just like, damn, will I really raid log that fucking long? Holy shit. And it uh, it, it sucks. It sucks a lot. Uh, I think there was one, there's one more thing I wanted to say about this, which was. um, So I know there's like a kind of a, just like say the other side of this really quickly where I've had people where it's like, well, if you don't like world buffs or getting world buffs, just don't get them kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, just don't get world buffs. And that's such a strange thing because uh, you would think logically, it's like, if I don't like world buffs, then don't get them. I can be in a guild that doesn't get them. But the way the game is, not having world buffs makes it a lot harder. Like it reminds me of how it was back in the day. A lot harder. People don't parse. People seem to have just less fun overall. I think that's a symptom of, you know, everybody else doing it and warcraft logs simultaneously which has kind of changed the fun because the game isn't like different than how it was because of world buffs right it's how everyone else plays it which is just so it's such an interesting phenomenon to me because if you don't like them you don't have to get them but that's just kind of a i would say like a ignorant or arrogant thing to say because everybody else is getting them and their characters are much more powerful and the whole game is about powering up right that's why people like gear etc so it's a it's a strange thing where you would think people who don't like them just don't have to get them. But that's just not how it is. Everybody kind of has to get yeah, them. It's now. kind of like if all your friends have this new cool item and then you don't have it, you just feel kind of bad and you don't need to get that cool new item. But, but that's the thing is, I don't really, I don't, that, that doesn't affect me there. I don't really care about that shit. Like my <laughs> friends have something I'm like, I'm like, okay, all my friends go play like a different video game. Like all my friends are playing like Shadowlands. And I was like, eh, I'll play it if it ends up being good. Like I'll, I'll I, I, and then they all quit by the time I actually played it for a little bit. And, for me that's not a big deal i don't really care about being left out but for me it was just like personal performance in a game that i cared about so for me i don't think i'd be caught dead without world buffs because i feel like i have a responsibility to get them for other people kind of thing especially as a tank yeah but well i I mean overall it's a super good change yeah uh, for me like uh, the way i play the game is i never want to be the reason why my raid fails (laughs) is the main thing or like the reason why we couldn't do something so for me that's why i come to to every raid prepared i i kind of play up to the level of the other people in the raid so like when i'm in mm-hmm. in like raid three with progress i know i gotta i, I gotta get my uptime up more i gotta perform more because these guys are pumpers and and we have like mirth and probably maybe the best rogue in in progress there uh, in in raid three as well and he he's, he's just got he's got crazy uptime he's like min maxing stuff and, and, and then i have to do these things because i feel i gotta keep up with the performance level but then when mm-hmm. i go play with my na guild i know okay i can chill a little bit on the uptime i'm still gonna try but i'm not gonna go as crazy and it's it's just that's just the way I play the game at least. Is that I never want to be the reason that that my raid is failing. Uh, I'll play up to the level of everyone else. But um, I like to be the reason my raid is failing because then I know <laughs> that I'm in control. <laughs> so if we if we fuck up, I know that I can come in next week and do better. <laughs> um, a, a side note, Zyrene. I I know you're making a horde character in uh, TVC. Mm. Yes. What are your plans for guild wise? Um. Currently, I think I'm going to be on Earth Fury on, in Who is kind of the plan right now. Uh, 
there was a there was a warrior that I played with named Hot Young Stud. I don't know why his name was that. Good um, name. Good name. And, yeah, and he he was actually one of the, th- this guy was so sweaty. He we had like no world buffs, and he was the type of guy to petri off the um the the magic effect from the Anubisaths that blinds you and gives oh, really? you a mischance. Yeah. He 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 petried it off twice in a run where we had already lost world buffs, just out of habit. Like, and we weren't even a speedrunning guild. Uh and and he's somebody that like I had a really good time playing with. Um he was really funny, he was really good at the game. And he's somebody that I want to play with and continue to play with. So I think he's going to roll on Earth Fury and on who? And uh, that, that, that's kind of my plan right now is to okay. roll up my, my Blood Elf Paladin there. What sort of level is who as far as like a guild? Um, I don't think they're the best on that server. Um, I think they're like top three. Uh, but I, I don't think they're like super competitive, which for me is probably like a good thing because i i know that i'm going to okay. be playing in rain and out of the future of rain right now is kind of if faction chan if faction changes which some people data mine some stuff that says like guild faction changes like if that ends up being a thing we'll go horde um if it doesn't i'm still sticking with them on alliance side so i know that i still want to play in rain i still want to play hardcore no no let, let me let me throw a curveball at you uh Zareen. okay i propose that you roll on felina with your friend on horde side and join the new Arasaka guild. Arasaka? Arasaka on these nuts. <laughs> it's it's Savix's new guild. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, so Savix is starting a solo queue, uh, guild with a bunch of PvPers. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's Stoops, Savix, uh, there's a, a bunch, bunch of other, uh, content creators and such. But imagine like Bobka, maybe I don't know. Um, but oh, I think Bobka's got his own guild running. Um, but yeah, he yeah. he made a whole video about it, and so he needs uh people who know how to raid uh on that. And he has asked me if I wanted to help run one of the raids. I mean, I, I already have a horde shaman that's sixty on Fairlina, so I wouldn't have to like roll a new character there. <laughs> yeah. So would you like to? I, would I, you I like to come join Arasaka with us? I mean, yeah, man, you know, I, I'd be down for that because that character really doesn't do anything right now. And, uh, you know, playing a shaman is like I'm, I'm definitely me, not, not doing fun. this just so I can off offload any raiding responsibilities oh, to God you. God damn it. I hate that <laughs> <laughs> Don't do, You do this to me. Don't do this to me, Snow. Don't do, he, we're uh, friends. I, I was, I was playing with Savage yesterday and he, he was like, hey, man, uh, yeah, you want to come be the raid lead for Raid Team 3? And I just said no, and I logged off. <laughs> I was like, no. Yeah, you just logged. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Right. One, be a raid lead. Two, be in raid lead three. Like, let me tell you guys, being <laughs> being raid lead one is, is about as good as it can get as a raid leader because those are the people who are at least motivated. You know, they know that they can get replaced by somebody in raid two or three. Uh, all you have to really do there is the busy work, the loot meetings. You have to do the... Uh, yeah, you have to do roster. You have to talk about uh, assignments and stuff like that. That's really all you have to do, and make sure that you summon everybody and that you you make sure that everybody's going to be there on time and you have replacements lined up. Uh, if you are in raid two, you have to do that, but a little bit more on the push work for getting people there. And raid three, you probably have to do a lot of recruiting, plus all of that, plus tearing your eyeballs out because you're you're just wiping all the time. It, it is not a good place to be. It is absolutely terrible to be in charge of a raid that is not trying, right? So, yeah, you have to get people to care about a raid that is not the best raid. 
and that that's hard to do. That's yeah, really hard it's, to it's do. Gonna, it's gonna be an interesting one. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I I said like maybe, but, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna we'll, level we'll, my road. We'll see. see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. We'll see. Um, but yeah, oh, so man. to go back to the world buffs topic, um, yes, I feel like uh, yeah, for classic, I know there's there's a very small minority who are upset with this because they uh they feel it impacts the ability to grief people and such. Uh, but mm. honestly, I feel like Welcome. it's one of those things where yeah, <laughs> it's a negative for for like one percent of the community, and everyone else loves it. So I think. This is where the positives highly outweigh the negatives yeah. and more. Here's the thing, though, is like you said, more if this change was earlier, more people would have continued playing the, playing the game. Uh, so there is that um, one thing that like uh, I was thinking about was, you know, how like we talked about um, going into pre patch where people are going to gear shamans, people are going to gear paladins and potentially raid them in Nax and stuff like that um, in the uh like uh, and this is just kind of like my theory of what's going to happen is people will get paladins up you'll put three in a horde raid i actually think horde raids may end up being number one by the end uh of um pre-patch if you have like warcraft logs for pre-patch thing i think horde raids will probably end up being number one one the racials two they have paladins three um if you look at the 2.0 patch notes for tbc Mind control and mind control cap no longer make you drop faction. So Alliance can no longer get Warchief's Blessing when pre-patch hits. Really? I did not yes. see that part. Yes. So Alliance, mind control no longer makes it so you drop faction on old 2.0 TBC stuff. So there's there would be no way for us to actually get uh, Hellscream's Warsong even in Nagrand, right, if we wanted to. Uh, and Warchief's Blessing truly does become Horde only at that point. Now, the question is, do they introduce that in pre-patch? I don't know, right? If they do that in pre-patch, then cool. If they don't, then, you know, then there'll be some competition. But if they do that, then it'll be, it'll feel bad. It'll feel bad, but you know, they're just preparing and people are kind of looking at TBC I'm more than anyway. I'm trying to think of, of whether my, guild, <laughs> like, my progress guildies would like that or not. Because, mm. like... It, they hate w having to get WCV as much as any other alliance guy. They might actually be okay with that. Just accept your phase six win, if, uh, assuming they can pull off the phase six win, and and just say, okay, well, uh, we we did our thing. No more WCV, so we can't compete there anymore. We're still gonna do our thing, but uh, now no one has to get WCV ever again. And and mm -hmm. praise praise the Lord because we have uh, WCV horde only on that server. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, uh, Gilly's in isn't Gilly's in the place to be uh in chat said so you can't use mc cap and pvp then anymore no no no. you can um it, it's um you can use it still it's just this is something that they introduced back in the day for like it dropped faction there's some weird things that happened one the war chief's blessing two uh the whole thing where you can drop faction and then go get uh dark moon fair while yeah. allied so that's a big thing right now where yeah. dmf you so, can get so, it without being griefed yeah to explain to people um uh what that is there's there's a bug uh, i wouldn't recommend you do it because i have heard of people being banned uh for the for this if they get reported and such but there, it, there are ways that you can uh drop your faction and go get dmf when it's in the enemy city without um without being getting killed basically <laughs> like you, yep. you'd be yep. like yep. a yep. other faction npc yep and uh yeah yep. but uh i don't suggest you guys do that um because yeah blizzard definitely doesn't like that so i i wouldn't necessarily suggest that but um yeah you can use some game mechanics right <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, I'm, I'm on the whole World Bus topic though. The interesting thing that in that post buried at the bottom is it said, there was a blue post. Let me pull up the blue post actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so Blizzard did say... Yeah, let me let me pull it up. Uh, let me see. Okay, so so some here we go. So someone asks, "Can you make an option where we can go do the raids without world buffs?" And then he basically confirms that that's the direction we intend to go in TBC Classic. In TBC, we intend to have world buffs removed at the start of all raid encounters. So for people that don't know, that's already kind of the way it is for the majority of World Bus Pass level. I think, is it 63? It just gets auto-removed when you... It's 63 or 64. Yeah, something like that. And so you lose all your World Bus when you when you join in. But there was some talk of some potential buffs that might slip the, past the cracks and you could potentially have one or two World Buffs that you would be getting and going to raid yeah. with. But this post kind of says that, okay, if those slip in, well, they're going to change it and remove them completely as well. Yep. Yeah. Which yep. is which is interesting. What what are your thoughts? Because I know that Zarine actually would like maybe one world buff or something to have a penalty for dying in speedruns or yes. penalty for dying in raids. Um, yep. and this obviously, if no one has world buffs, there's no penalty there for the death. Yeah, besides time it, loss. it it lowers the stakes. Um, and I, were you the one talking about this with um last week? Were you the one who talked about this? Uh, I had a conversation with someone where. They brought up a really good idea. I I, I want to say it was you because you're a bright guy. Um, oh, that that, that must be me. What, must be me. <laughs> yeah. What? In, so for what, they were saying, what Warcraft log should do for speed running is, you know, there's because right now, like even in chat, it's like without DMF equals zero speed run hype, right? Like you you die and it, there's no penalty, right? Yeah. Um. Somebody was saying that you should actually have a thirty second to one minute time gain. Every time somebody dies in Warcraft logs, so if you oh, die, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you, yeah, you have a time added on. Like that's actually a really good idea because it means that you have to go fast and execute. And if you you fuck up or you do some cheese thing where you get through like you know some random door or whatever with like you know somebody has to die to do it, it's a time lost, right? So it, that's actually something that I thought was really cool. And there's individual responsibility there where you don't have to die, which is the big thing right now is everybody feels responsible, even in a 40 man raid to stay alive because you're holding the raid back 39 other people, which is a lot of people. So it, I, I just, was that you who said that? I think it was you who said that. Uh, I, really I'm not sure if idea. it was I that said it, but we definitely discussed uh, something like that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just a really like fantastic idea. I think I actually, you know what, who I think said it, I think it was Thade. I think it was the, the main tank of, uh, of rain. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the, someone else said it, and then we just might have just discussed on that topic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was stayed. Um, also smart guy. Uh, but yeah, so that's something that I'm just like that would actually be super cool for having stakes again because I don't know. I'm I'm a guy that loves steaks. I mean, I'm I'm vegetarian in real life, but like I love steaks in terms of like the just the the suspense of something. Right, having to execute is really big for me. And even when I read things or watch television shows, the stakes matter to me a lot. And if there aren't any stakes, then I'm not invested. And that's what gets you invested in the speed runs is the people dying. That's why people tune in to watch Tetsu. That's why people tune in to watch Laddie, right? Because you want to see. That's why Laddie's not, not numbers go up by like 2,000 after they wipe. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like people really want to see the 
the stakes and the execution and having to play with that kind of uh, uh, like weight on people's shoulders. So that's what I think should happen. Like, like you said, I like world buffs for the speed running aspect of things. And in TBC, without them being there, that's good for the general population. But I think that having some type of penalty, penalty for death that's artificially made by Warcraft logs would be the way to go. Yeah. So, so to explain uh, on, on Zarin's point that uh, uh, for people that might not be getting, he, he, he's okay with the change because it's good for the health of the game rather or the general community. Mm -hmm. the, I, I don't think anyone that's been through Classic enjoys the World Buff meta that much. But yep. at the same time, he wants there to be a, something there for the speedrun community. Some, something where deaths matter more because once you take out World Buffs, the, the death doesn't matter much besides the fact that you might have to res that guy and you lose a little bit of time there. Yeah, but, like, um, I, I'm a, yeah. I consider myself a hardcore player, like a really hardcore player. And for me, if you, it, like, I don't care about loot. I don't give a fuck about loot. Loot really doesn't matter to me at all on any of my characters. Um, I, I frequently passed on things. I was one of, like, the worst gear tanks when it came to, like, I was using Kelsarark for so long. Um, it, I really don't take things from people that I think, you know, honestly deserve it or it's better on their class. And for me, it's not about the loot. If I had to show up every week and just do better and try to like push the raid forward, that's what's rewarding for me. I'm very like uh, intrinsically motivated by that. I'm not really extrinsically motivated by like gear or anything like that. I just want to do better and better every week and have people push forward and get and improve. So for having something like that, where it's another thing that I have to weigh to in like the whole game of like, how does one get better, quote unquote? then that's cool for me and that's what i want right like right now i think i like world buffs because i think they're a necessary evil for my enjoyment of the game because i don't think i'd enjoy the game if you know world buffs weren't a thing i, I think i would have actually quit at this point uh because what what's motivating me to like clear stuff a little bit better every week not go faster this is, just makes it so like if you die there's a big penalty and that's what i like so yeah well i like the burden of execution that's what i like yeah, I mean, right now in the speedrun community, uh, execution almost almost like a meme because uh, it's this thing that you can look back in and like, hey guys, we got number one on execution, but uh, our time is like tenth, <laughs> but but we we were number yeah. one on Warcraft logs for execution, and no one looks at execution really; they just care about Isn't your that final time. Just like time. damage taken and and stuff. Like I think that. it's like, like it's damage, damage taken, taken is a tiebreaker, and... but it's mostly just deaths. How many deaths did you have? Uh, that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, and, uh, and most of the time, well, most of the time, execution means you weren't moving. Like a, a number one execution probably means you weren't moving fast enough. So your healers always had mana and your mages always had mana, right? Like that that's actually kind of what it means right now is you weren't pushing people hard enough that people like stumbled, right? That that's a that's a thing. Like yeah. well, unless I, you I, have like I absolutely mean, the best I, run ever. I remember on White Man we had uh, some some guilds <laughs> at the start of every phase, you, you have the guilds that try to creatively recruit by by boasting about the stats. So you have guilds that, that are not top guilds on White Man at all. <laughs> Advertising like, hey guys, top five guild on execution here, come join the top five guild on execution on all. <laughs> and everyone's just looking at the message saying, Execution? What what does that even mean? Uh but uh, yeah, um, I think that'd be it'd be cool if, if the Warcraft logs. I think that it wouldn't be something that's out of the realm of possibility because Warcraft logs has been open to making changes for the speedrun community anyway in the past. So if they take out world buffs, um, it wouldn't surprise me if they do add in something to at least make it interesting, since there won't be any world buff penalty um, when when you die. Yeah, I completely agree. Like that, that's kind of what I think should happen, um, and. You know that that's a like almost like a firm stance that I'm taking at this point because I just don't want to play a TBC where 
the speed running is literally just who can go the fastest no matter what because i want there to be some type of penalty for deaths right yeah um which sure it's not a true speed run but neither is you know the stuff right now because you have trash requirements right it's not it's not a speed run it's not a like it's it's a glitchless speed run right it's not like how fast can you actually do it it's like no it's a it's a non-trash skip run right you have certain requirements you have to meet so i just think they should do it that way but that's personal opinion and i i I wonder how popular that opinion is in the speedrunning community that's kind of the next thing for me well we'll see in the youtube uh comments in the such like that you you know we we have a (laughs) one of the most interesting reviews on on our Apple podcast page. I, I don't even open the Apple podcast page because I only put it on on Apple podcasts and on Google podcasts and all just for people to have an easier way to listen to it if you're on the go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really care about the reviews there, but I, I clicked on the page to have a look. And uh, one of the reviews was one star hosted by speedrunners. And that was it. <laughs> it was like one star hosted nice. by speedrunners. Nice. <laughs> nice so, yeah. so, you know, it's actually funny. I don't know if I told you this before. But I actually, when I first worked at Riot, I would look at like every comment that was on everything I did. Highlight, clip, Reddit, threads, all that stuff. Um, And, you know, I I would take what people said to heart. You know, people would be like, this guy's like stupid looking. And I'm like, fuck, why do I look smarter? Like, whatever it was. come with glasses the next next uh, host. Yeah, I was a lot younger back then. Yeah, just glasses, hey. Um, So, like, the, the, the big thing there was I would just constantly like, look at what people had to say and then eventually like after like half a decade i realized that the people that have genuine feedback for you are going to be your colleagues and the people who are going to tell you what's up uh especially when you have a craft or you're doing something that's more of an art and it's your own in terms of delivery or however you want to go about things so the people around you are the ones that are going to give you the genuine feedback not just gas you up and you need to select you know the people who are around you to who aren't going to just be yes men but there was also one thing where uh, I think I was. I think I told you this before. Where it was like I was talking to Thorin about this, and Thorin told me he's like a big league content creator. He's very controversial. He told me uh, I don't know why you go through comments and like look for the ones where you know they might be good or they might be bad. And he's like, because you wouldn't jump into a lake of shit for a candy bar at the bottom. And I was like, <laughs> fuck. And I was like, damn. I was like, he's right. He's, he's actually right. Yeah, you know, but I, I would I, jump in a lake of candy bars to find that piece of shit, though. You're like, <laughs> you know, where's the bad comment? <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that comes back to me. My, my stream sometimes says like, hey, uh, when, when I'm setting up, sometimes they see me setting up and they see there's a dumbbell against my door at the back there. Uh, because I tell them I can't actually lock or close my door when I'm, I'm streaming because uh, I have LAN cables coming through and it doesn't fit through the door. Mm-hmm. so they'd ask like why, why do you do that and i say well because i signed up to be on the internet uh, i understand and i've been on the internet long enough that comments hate comments don't affect me much anymore and i'm kind of used to a lot of that stuff i can in one ear out the other ear if i think they're just being idiots but like i i don't want anyone else in my life to be subjected to that because they haven't gone through the gauntlet of fire they haven't been subjected to the internet so like if, if like my wife appears on stream or something and then she gets a bunch of hate comments for whatever reason like they they are not conditioned to be able to look past that, and I don't I don't want to subject anyone else in my life to to the public eye like that. Yeah, that, that's people asked me the other day why like I don't stream Discord comms, um, and some people are like it's because your guild is racist, and I'm like mm, no, they're they're a lot better now. Like they, I actually don't think I've heard any like slurs in a in like two months now. So it's actually like you know, people have cleared up. I know that's like I'm just being very honest here, where I think a lot of the problems have been snuffed out. People are a lot more serious now uh 
but I'm sitting here going like, you know, those people, it, if I stream Discord comms, they did not like sign up for that, right? They did yeah. not sign up to have, every time they're around me, there it's no longer like a private space or anything like that. Two months, no racism. I know, dude, we should have like a, a fucking thing on the yeah. wall. That says, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we should have a thing on the wall that says like, you know, 60 days since last slur. Um, but it, it honestly, like the, the guild had a bad reputation just straight up. Like I'm not going to hide that shit, but it's been a lot fucking better now. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. It's actually one of the reasons that I didn't want to join them in the first place. Uh, in fact, in my application, I, I talked about that where I was like, you know, I, this is not my first choice because I don't like the environment or the culture. And they, you know, we had, we had to talk about it and they, they gave me permission to kind of call people out on things and, you know, people have been toning it down a fuck ton. So I'm actually, I'm actually really happy about that. I'm really proud of the guys. Yeah. Also, you know, raid masters had to be in the discord call. So, you know, that would have been (laughs) really bad. So no, everybody, everybody's been good. Everybody's been kind of understanding a little bit more. So, you know, a little bit of a tangent, but I, I think that, you know, it was something I did have to talk about because I know Rain's got a bad rap. Uh, because I mean, fucking, they had some bad people in there in terms of just people. I don't know. Whenever, whenever somebody's like that, I'm just like something went wrong in your life. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I feel sorry for this person. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, when you when you see some people who are just like, how do you function, man? Like, how do you get to this stage? I'm I'm like if an employee, if any employer yeah. in the world saw what you were saying, I'm like you would not have a job, not now and not in the future, bro. Like, come on, so. Yeah, and then like rest of paprika saying so many guilds have those issues. Yeah, there was that big post a while ago where it was like the what is it, racism plagues like the top guilds in WoW and it was a big retail thing. So yeah. 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 It's well, uh, uh, a lot of gamer words, a lot of people who like to pretend yeah. that they what they say doesn't matter. And you know, I don't know. Just like I said, something went wrong in those people's lives and I just feel sorry for them. Yeah. Well, so to bring it back to uh, TBC stuff again. Uh, yes, lighter go. topic. Lighter topic, yeah. Uh, we, we got our little like 30-minute related speed run in there. Every podcast, we have to make sure we anger some of the audience by talking about speed run topics for 30 minutes. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we, we can now talk about the survey. So the cost of cloning. Uh, did you see this one? So No. The, Blizzard sent out a survey to, to a bunch of people with varying numbers from basically $10 up to, I think it was $39.99. And basically polling, yeah, so nine to $9.99 to $39.99. Polling people, how much would you pay for a classic character copy to, to clone your character is, is what we talked about before. And honestly, I, I, my opinion on this, I already said it in the past, is that this is a uh, cash grabbed. This is, uh, mm. this is absolutely, this is a cash grab. I'm not happy about this. It should be free. But obviously, Blizzard's going to milk this and, and make money from it. What are your yeah. thoughts? What, what would be the ideal? What, what would you pick for the cost of this? Uh, personally, I, I picked the lowest because I, I think the entire thing is a cash grab. But uh, I'm curious to mm-hmm. see what you think. I don't know. I don't. I don't. So as Irene's thinking about it, um, to explain to people, this is to copy your character or clone your character when TBC releases so that you can have a character on the TBC Forever servers, which is honestly, I think, something that probably everyone will want to do because everyone's going to want to have that nostalgia trip from time to time and pop back on the old character and say, oh, yeah, this is my character on Classic. So it's almost like a mandatory spending for most people because this, most people don't, don't want to lose that period for, for most of them, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know, because, like, 
the classic forever servers it's gonna feel like uh it's gonna feel like if i go play tbc and like you know level up and do all those things it's gonna feel like i'm in i'm like in fourth grade and i'm improving and then if i just go like you know i don't go back to the classic server and it's gonna be like being in third grade but you're the smartest kid there and you're just like yeah i used to be the big boy you know like it's like i don't i don't know how much that's appealing to me personally i don't know how much i would go back because a lot of the world buffing thing like i know they're trying to solve that that's just time consuming i don't know how much i would actually play classic era when tbc is out um especially because of arena which will take up all the voided time or the void of time and i think what they're trying to do right now is they're trying to get people to play both games by saying you can play TBC. There are no buff requirements, right? World buffs will not work in raids. And here's a way to store your buffs in Classic. So you could log into Classic, get your world buffs, and then like play Classic and raid log in TBC, right? And just log on your character when it's raid time. So they're trying to give people the option of raid logging in Classic and raid logging in TBC and then playing the other one during that time. So they want to make it as flexible as possible to play both games is what it feels like to me. And... I don't know how much that appeals to me. I'm probably just going to play mostly TBC because Arena is something that I will always play, even when it's like, you know, uh, even when you're the top of the ladder, I will still always play Arena because I like matchups. I like playing against people. So uh, for me personally, I don't think I would purchase this service. Interesting. You wouldn't? If if I did, no, if I did, it would probably be for $9.99, you know? interesting yeah i don't think i don't yeah. think i purchased this service even though i love even though i love classic wow i don't think i would want to play classic wow again unless it was from the start i'm trying to think what With everyone how how expensive would it be for me to not pay for this service because even though i don't intend to really ever come back to classic i would still buy the service just just in case it's kind of like a just in case like okay maybe i want to check it out later at some point i'll just do this for my character i won't do it for every character i think people in chat are saying yeah they're, they're only going to do it maybe for like their main character because if that's a cost it's it's no one wants to pay like 50 bucks for every single character but i'm trying to think what would the cost be where it'd be so high that, that i just wouldn't do it anymore and mm. I think it was if it was sub like more than fifty bucks, I I would highly consider like not doing it. Up to that point, I think I would still do it just because. But I I do it very begrudgingly, and I would hate Blizzard for the fact that is this isn't really cheap or free. But I think up to fifty bucks personally, I I would still do it. Yeah, I think it just depends on how booming uh classic era ends up being. But I mean, this this comes back to an uh, interesting topic that uh, the Josh Corbett brought up yesterday at, towards the end of the podcast, where he was talking about Holly Longdale brought a lot of pay to win elements into EverQuest Classic. And this is kind of what's happening in, in uh, WoW as well now, is that there's a lot of, uh, not pay to win, but paid options, I guess is the better way to say it. Mm-hmm. Paid options into WoW. And this makes it really, really... Uh, I feel like... Well, I guess the question that he posed to me is like, why do you think that this isn't going to ruin the game then if they're adding all of these paid elements into the game? And my response was that it's happened in EverQuest Classic with even more hardcore players. And at the end of the day, it did take away from the game a bit, but it never crossed the line into game ruining. 
They, they never made the decisions that were so drastic that it actually killed the game or actually took away the fun from, from me playing it. So I think while I hate this and I think it's, it's a load of BS that they want to charge this amount of money for it, I don't think it's going to ruin the game. It's just, it's just Blizzard being a, a, a little bit greedy to make some money. But I don't think it's going to really impact the game on the whole. Yeah, I, I would agree. I don't think it's going to impact the game. I just think it, it, if I were them, this is the choice I would make, even though I'm not the person who that this is, would be appealing towards, right? Even though like I have geared characters and stuff, I don't really think I would uh, clone and then leave a character behind, right? I, I, I think maybe for me, it's because I think maybe I'm just going to leave my Gnome Warrior anyway, so I'm not sure. Like, Yeah, yeah well, yeah. I think that's... Uh... That, that's about all we can really say about this. It, we'll see what Blizzard does because who knows what they're going to end up with. I assume they're doing yeah. this for data reasons just to see how much they can get away with charging, basically, from the responses. But um, have, I, I see you've been on beta, uh, Zarin. You, you, yep. Your guild peer pressured you to go back into the beta because I know you were against actually hopping on the beta. Uh, yeah, I wasn't really going to like play it too much, but like it's, the, the thing is... I just think it's going to be so long before we get TBC now. Like playing the beta, <laughs> it's broken. Like, there are, it's so broken. There are so many bugs, dude. There's so many bugs. I don't know if you're watching my stream near the end last night, but there's just there's so many things. Like you swap your armor and then swap it back, and it's like I, I put on my robes of the exalted and then swap back to my conch chest, and I had one foot. Like <laughs> it, it meshed. It, it it put all my gear on the model of uh the robes of the exalted which is a robe so i had chromatic boots that just like were the bottom of the dress wrapped around and like i took the boots off and then i just had one giant elephant foot it, it was really it was a little scary it's like nightmare fuel but there's a lot of things in it granted it plays well like the, the abilities work all that stuff but there's stuff where like i put on a bow that gives me more ap and i lose bloodthirst damage on the tooltip and this is like rampant in terms of the number of things where this happens so it's just it's too many things i opened up my map and highlighted the continent and the outline of the continent was like shifted and blown up <laughs> so it's like it's like what like there's so many tiny things because they're rebuilding this right yeah. they're like well so here's the thing is i think they're rebuilding it what they're doing is they're probably using a a specific state of it and then putting something else underneath they're basically trying to uh they're basically trying to be a magician and take the tablecloth out from underneath the glasses and then put a new tablecloth underneath. Like, sure, you can snap that tablecloth out from underneath, but you're trying to replace it underneath those glasses. That's going to be really difficult, borderline impossible. And back when I was at Riot Games, there was a team called the Cuts Team, which stood for Clean Up the Shit, C-U-T-S. The Cuts Team was about making sure that when a, a change happens, that nothing gets fucked up. And also, you know how people complain about like the, the Riot client and the League of Legends client? Um, the client that League of Legends is built on is a really shitty like <laughs> engine, right? Yeah. And they have to work with it. And so what they have to do is they have to go through archaic code and try to make sure that they can insert new things, like new things that allow you to have missile code that allows missiles to change directions, like with Zoe, right? Uh, or like things that would bend missiles that can bend it's like how do we introduce this tech into the game well the cuts team has to really fucking work hard to make sure that they can take out a piece of code add in a new thing and not fuck up the whole game because you know something happens where you uh you uh like change mordekaiser and then the login screen's fucked you're just like how does that even connect but there's a lot of things in coding that you change one thing that like it's not even remotely close and then something else breaks and 
know, any, any coders out there will know exactly what I'm talking uh, about. But I mean, that, it's, it's really worrying uh, on the whole, the, the, the beta, because uh, I was talking to other people that were devs as well, and they were saying, this this isn't a beta client, this is an alpha client. <laughs> Because there's so oh, much yeah. stuff broken oh, yeah. with it. They, they wouldn't if... Because uh, for people that don't know in the developer community, those words actually have meaning when they say alpha and beta and such. And from their case, their point of view, like, yeah, this isn't beta. This is alpha. We're way out from a, a stable release that they yep. could call beta. And man, the, the amount of things that are broken... For example, I I was... For, for the entire start of beta, I couldn't realize why is my... Repost key not working. So for people that don't know, rogues when they level a lot of rogues go repost. Is it repost or repost? I, I think it's repost. Repost. Okay, we'll go with that. Yeah. And I'll blame Zarene if I'm wrong. But <laughs> repost. Um, you you rogues uh, want to use repost? this macro that lets them both do repost and sinister strike from the same repost. button. I guess it's repost. It's, it's repost. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, uh, um, whatever. YouTube, nope. com I'm sure YouTube comments will correct us. But uh, either way, you want to have this macro that does both because you don't want to constantly be having another key whenever you, you trigger it. So every time you get a parry, you can use this repost item, mm -hmm. uh, repost skill. And yeah. you can't do it. You, you can't have a macro that do, do it right now in TBC beta. And I couldn't figure out why because it definitely works in in classic because I leveled with that macro before because I was too lazy to use two separate keys. So I, mm -hmm. I did it in classic and I tried to do it for the longest time in beta. And then I realized, wait, repost is, is putting on a GCD. And because you can't have two GCD skills on the same um, yep. hotkey, it, it confuses the game. Uh, that's why it, it wasn't working. It, yeah. yeah, so repost is, is completely wrong right now. They, they have a GCD on it for some reason. And... And like other things were weird as well when I was just trying to get the macro working. Macros are completely busted right now. A lot of them are completely busted. Um, I, I, was, I actually got it working for a while by doing, I think, this thing that does uh, cast random. So you do slash cast random and then you can put skills and they'll just randomly mm -hmm. cast it. And then if you're mashing your key, it should use both eventually. But mm -hmm. sometimes cast random will just break. And I don't know why. Uh, sometimes it just it doesn't work anymore. And then I have to go into the macro, save it again, and then it will start working. And yeah. I have no idea why it does that. It, it makes no sense at all. And, and people had like some theories about like, you know, why why is TBC beta like only going to X number of people? Um, and the more I've played it, like the at first I was like, oh, they gave it to like streamers for, you know, just showing it off. Um, and also uh, the L added element of, you know, you want Asmongold to have, the beta before other people so he doesn't get fucking camped on stream right and he can actually play the damn game uh and so people will watch and he doesn't like stream snipe people that doesn't stream snipe him and like you know camp him all day sure there's a pve server but nobody really wants to play on that one uh and when uh it, it comes to like now i'm sitting here going it's probably because it's not ready like they want the people in there who are actually going to do the bug reports so if you're in the beta, like just bug report everything. Like my onslaught girdle doesn't show mm, bug reporting that thing, right? Like just bug report everything because right now there's good Lord. I, I actually feel really bad for the team that's in charge of TBC because they have a lot on their plate. And I don't know if that team is really big at all because like two people <laughs> uh, legit, legitimately, like people think there's like giant teams dedicated to like uh, certain parts of a video game. And there's probably like a QA team and it's probably like six people tops for, for TBC tops. That's being very generous. Um, now, because as a company, you want to use the people 
I guess I'll put it this way. As a company, you want to pay people uh, to to have careers there for a long time and not have too little people or too many people when you for throughout the entire like duration of when you would need them. So it's like when TBC is not needing like a lot of QA, you don't want to like fire a bunch of like testers. You don't want to fire a bunch of people who are in charge of those types of things. You want to have like the the exact number of people you need to handle this problem and future problems without going overboard and spending too much money, but also having it delivered on time. So yeah, it's a it's a really difficult position to be in uh being the people in charge of those teams, but you know, my my fucking heart goes out of those guys because they have a lot of shit on their plate right now with the beta. And I don't know if it's shit they asked for because <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot. It's, it's a lot. So. It's super, super early. And, and I mean, Red Tusk in, in the chat has a good comment where, where he says that we've been, we've gotten used to betas being very finished experiences because mm-hmm. at some point, a lot of companies just started releasing paid betas for people to join. Hey, pay for early access. You can join beta and Really, it's it's almost like your the, the game's ready. Almost, it's buggy, but it's ready, and oh, yeah. they just use it as a way to to get people to pay to jump in early. And uh, it, yeah, we back in the day, betas were like this. Except uh, nowadays, we're just conditioned to be used to like okay, a beta is just it's almost finished, and we're, we're just paying for early access, basically. Yeah. But this is like this is a true beta, which actually like like comes back to your point. It's kind of scary because now we don't know when TVC is coming up because <laughs> they got so much work to do. And I mean, Blizzard just went through a whole firing process, fired a lot of people uh, in the past year. So, yeah, it's mostly for esports, to my knowledge, because they're yeah, just downsizing yeah, their esports downsizing department a lot of broadcasting uh, areas. So uh, I don't know if they're 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 willing to hire a bunch of people to help, because it feels like they need to expand this team and and really get running because there's so much things that they need to fix. So many things. I don't know. I doubt they'll expand the team. I think instead they're just going to give the team more time. Like you're paying these people year round if they're salaried, right? Um, there's why would you bring on another person salary them and then when tbc actually releases in you know six months let's just say six months from now um which is being like you know uh, definitely overestimating uh if it releases six months from now that person's going to be on payroll for six more months in contract or something so you at that point you bring on contractors and you just give them like a three four month contract right uh so that's how you'd expand the team but you got to get those people up to speed. You got to hire people who are going to be ready to hit the ground running and don't need a lot of training. Um, and you just are able to have them working from literally day one. So they're in a, they're in a very tough spot with this game. Uh, I think it's just going to take longer is all. Yeah. That, that's I, my thing. So more and more uh, classic speedrunning podcast talk in the future. No. <laughs> <laughs> God, could you oh, imagine? God. Uh, that, that's what scares me because I assume they're going to release pre-patch at some point but at this stage i'm even scared like how much of pre-patch do they have ready and, and such if they're gonna release pre because people are saying okay we can stem the bleeding because people don't want to be stuck on the same content for more than a set period of time because they just get bored yes. and then you see massive quitting quitting because people just have no- nothing to do in the game but mm-hmm. if pre-patch is the solution is pre-patch even ready at this point i, I don't even know how ready pre-patch even is so can they even do pre-patch if it's not fully ready in time? I, I don't know. It's we, we might be stuck in Nax for, for quite a while at this stage. Yeah, I I have no clue. Like it's gonna be a while for sure. Um and there's a lot of things that I'm just not sure if they're gonna release that way. Like there's a lot of things that are just uh people see them and they're like kind of meta warping in a sense where 
you know, uh, you know, I, I talked about like full melee comps and stuff like that, or like full physical cleave, I guess is what I call it. Um, and like there, there's more things where it's like these drum changes where they're going to change those. They have a lot of time for that. What are they going to do with like annihilator? Like annihilator gets changed to be one handed, non unique instead of main hand. So like, uh, I don't know if you'd like, you, you, of course, you know, Alondo, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's in... Yeah. Have you been seeing his TBC videos recently? Uh, I have not. Why, why, what has he been doing? Uh, he's playing Fury Warrior in TBC and just shitting on meters. Um, very okay. hardcore on bosses. So, so, so to um, give, give people our context, Orlando is one of the top DPS. He basically him for Warriors and Just Wu for Rogues. They're the two guys that they kind of build their raid team and their, how they raid to top the DPS meters. Their goal is yep. to get like number one on Warcraft logs for DPS. Basically, is, is what they do. They yep. min max to the max for everything related to just DPS related things. Yeah. Yeah, and that's um, like, so it, when you watch his videos, you kind of get an idea of like what it looks like when you build a raid around those guys. Uh, and, and in his video, it's like all enhancement shamans and warriors are using Annihilator dual wield on pole um, to stack three Annihilator stacks on the boss immediately. And then he's getting double like Berserker or sorry, double Heroism or Bloodlust because you swap out the group and the healer group doesn't need that. So he's getting like double the triple, the drum rotation. Um, and it's it just actually like pretty disgusting. He does like somewhere around like 5, 5k DPS on bosses. And there's like single target bosses, cleave bosses that he shows. And the videos just overall kind of demonstrate the idea of, you know, warriors are really fucking good in classic. And there's ways in which to make them work in uh, in TBC. Granted, he's in like full phase four bis because five is Sunwell. I think he's in like full phase four bis. Um, and, and, you know, uh, it, it's one of those things where as we get closer and closer, I keep feeling like that composition with like minus a hunter and like change or plus a hunter change things around a little bit um, is still going to be like one that will actually work and potentially be very good because both warriors in both Alondo and the other warrior that he's with, uh, and they have like two rogues in the composition, I think maybe three. Um, though they're like topping the meters and it seems very physical damage heavy. And it's really interesting to me because I, I, I know people are like tired of hearing this and like, we kind of just have to wait and see, but the more I like look into it, the more I feel like confident that warriors are going to be fine. Like fear warriors are going to be fine. I mean, like, the interesting. Are you, are, are you, are you going to stack them? No, because there's 25 spots. You need healers and tanks and shit, um, and and you need buffs, right? Like even in warrior stacked comps, it's still like just five warriors total now because you have to, you don't have enough room for everything else. Uh, yeah. The, so yeah. The interesting thing is, uh, there were meta shifts where the community has been completely wrong on things in the past. Sometimes uh, a good example of that is uh, now this is and super super too. early. Right? Like I've, I've been wrong too. Like I'm yeah. I'm down to be open for that, right? Yeah. Um. So so way back in the day, um, early on there was this thought that warriors sucked, uh, for leveling and such, and, and then I think it was one of the warriors in nerfed way back in the day. He released that video where he was just farming orcs nonstop in that one area. I think it was in is it in Burning Steps that that orc fought and he was uh, just yeah that's um uh oh god it's uh in Dalaran. Yeah, 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 and then yeah. and then in Dalamar, in Dalamar, yeah, yeah, because yeah, he released that video and and everyone's like, holy, okay, Warrior is good for leveling. Warrior is good apparently because yeah. he's just crushing everything. So it's interesting if we see any sort of those types of things where the community was just we were just missing something, and then we see it happen, and we're like, oh, okay, that's how it actually is. 
Yeah, and then there was talk of like Seal Fate Rogue being really good in Nax because you hit like a bunch of crit there yeah. and yeah, like all that stuff, and you can get like a THC, so you don't need the weapon skill uh, from the the weapon expertise. And I was like, okay, like I'll I'll, I'll try it, but no, it's, yeah, it's not there's a lot of so. variables. People like sometimes it's really hard to guess because you miss something. Like the, a big reason why Seal Fate doesn't work right now for people. Wondering is because trash dies really fast a lot of times as well. So you get the extra combo points, but like you, you can't use them effectively because you, you just hit the mob twice and the trash just died and you have nothing to do with all your extra combo points. Yeah, and um, it's at the point now with like Gressel that using a two, or using a one, two, or three point eviscerate is like not worth it. Um, like four point, you hope it crits. Because Sinister Strike, like, my Sinister Strike's crit for 2k with Gressel, right? So I have to use something that's 5 energy less, and in fact, probably the same energy cost, because, you know, if you crit your Sinister Strike, boom, there you go, you get the 5 energy back, it's 35 cost. Um, something that costs about the same energy, instead of you could have just used the Sinister Strike, and then you would have been on your way. It's, uh, it's really hard to be able to execute with something like that and find, like, you're getting more damage out of it, and Blade Flurry is honestly such a large dps increase it's very hard to abandon it um especially since it's two minutes and the uptime on it is very very good and it literally doubles your dps for the duration so it's uh it's hard to play without that i get that so yeah yeah so um, i'm to bring it back to to a final kind of tbc topic here before we wrap up and go to the second portion that unfortunately zyrene was not there for but yeah. what do you think about AoE Mage and Warlock leveling? Because this has been an interesting topic that's been in the community for the past week because it was discovered that uh, there's a Slave Pens pool. So I'll show it on the screen. There's mm -hmm. a Slave Pens oh, pool yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that everyone's doing. Uh, if you tune into Jokit or anyone else's stream, uh, everyone is doing the Slave Pens pool. I recommend uh, checking out the, the Real Esquire. He's a, a mage in rain and he is... We got a very soothing voice. He's a caster for PUBG, and he is very good at boosting. He does the 500 Mara pull, and he also does slave pens in TBC. So yeah, yeah. So this this is the this is the boost. So this is discovered now. Obviously, the the side note here is that this is without AOE cap. So the, all these yep. videos are without AOE cap. So this this could change a bunch with AOE cap. The the efficiency and such will go down, but people are talking that it might actually be still viable even. Once the AOE caps go in. So what are your thoughts on this? Because I, I feel like the community was ready for mage boosting and and warlock boosting as such to not be a thing. And then now we're discovering, oh wait, nope, never mind. Still a thing, still a thing for all of TBC. Yeah, so the, there's already been things where people are doing this with the new AOE cap or the appropriate AOE cap in place. Um, the calculation for the AOE cap is it's your damage times 10 divided by the number of mobs. So if there are 10 mobs, you will do the same amount of damage you normally would. So up until over 10 mobs, you'll notice the same damage, but after that, it will go down. So people are actually doing, like uh, Arleus actually, for example, fantastic fucking mage for farming. Actually, I highly recommend watching his, his videos if you play mage at all and are interested in farming. Um, he, very articulate guy, uh, and very smart about these things. He He's already done a Mara 500 with, the uh with a level 60 mage not higher than that level 60 and he's done it with the aoe cap already 
And all he did was shift it, and he uses rank one Blizzard into Flame Strikes because Flame Strike does not have AOE cap on it. So Flame Strike, uh, Ground Dot, Consecration, Arcane Explosion are not affected by uh, AOE cap. So you can Flame Strike after rank one Blizzarding, and then rank one Blizzard again, and then use a different rank of Flame Strike, and then rank one Blizzard again. You can do a bunch of things like that. And the fact that you're going to have the Blade of Eternal Darkness, which basically just means you always have full mana. So yeah. it's a. Uh, it, really interesting but the mages have adapted at this point and the mages who have like um multiple pieces of tier two and maybe the zg set that gives them the lower cast time on uh i mean you don't need it but the lower cast time on flame strike uh it will be helpful but yeah people are just moving to flame strike now yeah so so yeah basically they, they had um, aoe farming and aoe boosting is that still a thing what what are your thoughts on here? Because that's that's kind of, uh, like uh, to bring it back to the point. Uh, people are kind of uh, worried now because they were, they wanted to be done with the mage boosting meta and the boosting meta and whole, but the community has found a way to to make this a thing. Would you be open to Blizzard making any changes to stop this, or what are your thoughts on that? Because I, I'm not even sure if Blizzard can stop this. I feel like if you nerf one way, the community seems to always find another way to min max and. And, and and to do this is just a community, man. We're, we're too good at min-maxing and finding loopholes these days. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're trying really hard at these types of things. And I I don't think it's like, I don't know. Uh, maybe my my stance is a little bit uh, hyperbolic because, you know, I really don't care. Like, you're, you're like, what's your response to this? My response is how much they charge in per boost. Like, <laughs> how much per run, bro? Like, that's that's what I care about when I see these things is I'm just like, you know, how much are they going to be charging? I got like five characters I need to get up to 70. So, you know, I'm willing to sit there. And it, it's like, God, these these players, I think like their creativity deserves to be rewarded. Sure, it might like mess it up for like other players in a sense, but they're just trying to game the system. And everybody does this even in real life. Like people are always trying to find whatever advantage they can uh, and way to do things that they enjoy. So uh, I, I just feel like it's, I, I don't think it's a problem, but I currently don't think mage boosting is a problem. Now, a lot of people who are like, you know, it keeps people, uh, people get boosted. It gatekeeps you in terms of only people who have characters and money right now can get boosted and can level. Cause right now, what do you do? You go into the open world and quest. If you're a first time player and you have nobody to quest with, right? They have nobody this is going to be an interesting so, one. Uh, this this is going to be the Zyrene comment for YouTube this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, like, I understand that it's something that people are uh, people don't like. I totally understand that, right? But do I think it's worth trying to fix? I don't think so because I think you're going to char you're going to tr do way more harm than good when you when you fix this. Because I'm just thinking of the possible ways to fix this. Add AOE cap to Flame Strike. Doesn't matter. They're still going to do it. It's just going to take longer, right? At the end of the day, even if it takes longer, it's just, it's the same with the drum take, right? It's the same with like the drums where they're just like, oh man, look at this. They're more annoying to use. It's like, if you make it more annoying to AOE farm these things, people are still going to fucking do it. They're still going to do it. And the way in which you like make them do it is just going to be annoying. And it just means the people who can do it are going to be able to charge more and the people who want to do it, right? So uh, I, I think it's like an inevitability. That's the thing is for me, uh, when it comes to players adapting to a game, and this is probably why people think I have like pretty strange takes. When I think when it comes to players adapting to a game, and especially an MMORPG, which I feel is a very alive and very like controlled by the players thing, I think that uh, it's it's an inevitability 
And it's a force of nature that players will take advantage of whatever they can. And you should embrace that instead of trying to change it in an immense way, right? So the way that they would change this is, you know, this is going to be mages leveling. Mages already do this in ZF. Mages already do this in, like, in so many different ways. They do it in the open world, right? They do it with fucking gnolls in, in wetlands. Um, and the question here is, like, oh, how much is experience is, like, a level 70 going to take away from people? Are level 70s going to be able to boost Mara, or is Mara strictly, like, a six, level 60 thing because it'll take too much experience if somebody's 70, right? There's already things in, in place where we don't know exactly how it's going to work, but I, I have a strong feeling that Blizzard won't do anything about this, and I think it's the right thing because players are trying really hard to keep their business open in terms of, you know, mage leveling and shit like that, and I think they're going to find a way no matter what. Yeah. So, so, so to explain that, on, on, on basically what Zyrene's saying here um, is that... The, please, in, in, to interpret for me. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're my interpreter for the people, right? Yeah, for, for the people. The, the, the snow me, uh, non-harsh like, like, version. You're you're like he means well. He means well, guys. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's like out. that. Uh, <laughs> it's like that skit on YouTube where you got the Obama's voice behind him, and he's uh, he's he's translating. <laughs> but basically, it's not so much that Zyrene uh, thinks that you can't get uh, that he wouldn't be open to a fix potentially if it could be fixed. But he thinks that to actually fix it would break things and. The, the likelihood is that you end up just breaking things and making it worse in a lot of cases as well. So you're yep. taking away from the creativity of the people trying to do these things yep. and people always seem to find a way around them regardless and then you just break, keep breaking more and more things and you end up with like this weird situation where you've just broken a whole bunch of things and it's maybe the situation is worse than you you, be, you started with and now people are yeah. doing these weird workarounds. You've got like 10 different items that you click on every like 45 seconds or something and that has, is the solution to yeah. get around this workaround. It's, people are very tricky with finding ways around things these days um, if you try to so, stop them. Yeah, so if, if you watch nothing else or like listen to nothing else that I say, just make it this part right here. So... Do I think that it is good for the game? No. Do I think Blizzard is going to do anything about it? No, because they have so many other things on their fucking plate right now. I mean, do we, I yeah, think TBC that, is not working right now? <laughs> do, do I think they should do something about it? No, because I think it's going to take too many of their resources and there's other things they need to tackle, right? So my opinion is, is it good? Obviously, I don't think it's good for the game, right? I just think that it's going to take too much effort to try and stop something that players like because as a designer you are one to six fucking people dealing with hundreds of thousands of fucking mage players who as soon as you release a change they're gonna fucking hit the instances and immediately no matter how many months of testing you did in beta in an alpha or whatever by yourself with six other people trying to like game this thing instantly you have way more iterations and runs of what you tried to do in the first fucking hour of your released patch. This is something that is like working in video games. I know very well and being on a playtest team, I know very well is as soon as something hit hits live, no matter how much testing you did, there's going to be tons of shit that pops up that people find because there's so many fucking people who play it immediately. So here I'm just like it's I don't think it's worth their time. I don't think it's worth their time. I think the amount of people it impacts is low compared to the other things that they could do, right? So I think the amount of people that will be upset by this and affected by this is going to be low compared to the number of people that they, or resources they could put in, be putting in something else. Um, do I think it's good? Absolutely fucking not. 
Do I think it's healthy for the game? No, I, I think it hurts the leveling experience for the people who don't have money and all that shit. There's bigger issues for them to focus on. And unfortunately, that's, that's the reality of the situation, at least from my perspective. So uh, I may, maybe some people think it's a bad take and that, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, this, this, it's a good thing that it affects leveling. It's, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that this is bad. Is it bad enough that they'll be able to do something about it and there's like a solution that I think is a good ROI on their time? No. I don't think so. Yeah. So, so, so in, in a, in a, ask me this in a perfect world, would I want this to not be a thing? Yes. But I don't think that solution exists. So, yeah. So, so to explain uh, for people as well, Zyrin used to work in literally in play, like testing yes. out stuff. So at, at Rare Games, he literally used to, to be a tester. If, yes. to to fix stuff like this and and to find bugs and things like that. So he's he's got a lot of experience trying to fix stuff like this in the past. Yeah, I was a I was a QA playtester. I was lead playtester on Rexi, that champion, working very closely with the designer, being on the playtest team, as well as being a commentator. So, um, yeah, I I was a playtester. I've done that. I know what it's like. And you know, th there's more important things to focus on, unfortunately. And the team, even at Riot, was incredibly small. Of like. 10 12 people and it's one of the biggest like games in the world so <laughs> okay um yeah i think that's that's all the the tbc topics we have uh we'll go on to the second half where we will be missing zyrene unfortunately uh yeah. for the people watching the vod but uh, maybe we'll have josh and those guys back again at, at some point because uh, they're very i, I like talking to them because they are uh, uh, very like you said very articulate and they're not flaming it's just like a good discussion back and forth because uh they can yeah. they can voice their points very well yeah. but uh yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it yeah thank you zyrene and uh yeah for people watching the vod let's go to part two now yeah, welcome guys uh so this is uh josh josh Corbett. he does uh one of the longest running podcasts maybe for world of warcraft i don't know who's been running longer you've been running for a really years when I, when I had a look at your history i think josh yeah, I, I I definitely wasn't the first on the block, but I think I might have been second to the party. But the show's now been around for just over three years, so it's been a very long time, yeah. Uh, and then we have Ale as well. Am I saying your name right, Ale? Absolutely correct. Oh, okay, yeah, good. Which is rare uh, for a first time. Uh, I may have had coaching from Gashil, who is your mod. Uh, he, sa he said not Al, Ale. So <laughs> I got, got that right. But yeah, welcome. So Ale is, uh, you used to be in Onslaught back in the day. Right. Uh, well, I mean, they're still around, but before they disbanded and whatever is left of Onslaught now. Yeah, the, the tag still exists. I'm still in it on my warrior, but uh, they are inactive. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm holding. I'm holding it until forever. <laughs> um, so the reason I got these guys on today is uh, they are both fellow uh, WoW players and content slash content creators. And last podcast, it was kind of like mixed response because we were talking about boost for the second half of the podcast. And it's a super, super polarizing topic. It's one of those topics where no matter what you say, half your audience is going to hate you. So it felt like um, we didn't want to come off as mean towards Mad Season, but I think in some cases, um, like Zyrene may have come off a little bit arrogant or talking down to Mad Season, even though we didn't really intend to, because uh, we didn't have an opposing voice. It was pretty much just us talking about the points, about Mad Season's points, and there was no one on the opposite side responding. So that's why I got these two guys. They're both pro-boost, uh, anti-boost? Yeah, pro-anti-boost. Anti-boost, yeah. So they don't want to boost uh, and they're basically going to be here to try to change my mind on why I shouldn't uh, like this boost. 
but uh yeah welcome guys uh firstly josh it's really early for you right <laughs> in yeah it's 8 a.m here but like i said don't worry about it don't worry about it man i'm used to it i used to not so much anymore luckily i've, I've sort of Got, gotten enough quote-unquote clout to kind of ask people to work around my timetable but when i was getting the podcast up and running i would get up at four and five in the morning to make time zones line up in order to sort of uh you know make it work for my guests so i'm so used to waking up early for podcasts it's all good oh nice nice whereabouts in australia are you i'm in sydney oh sydney cool cool my parents live in there yeah i'm, I'm actually australian as well so <laughs> Oh, nice, yeah. nice, nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, How long Aussie. were you here for? Uh, well, I grew up in Australia, yeah, and, and I'm in Korea right now. So I'm actually also in weird time zone. I'm just used to always talking in US time zone or EU time zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, it's, it's like 6 a.m. over here. So Right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I mean, how long ago did you go to, to, to Korea? Like, when did you leave it? When did you last? Um, you oh, last oh I, I went to Korea. Um, I've been here for like five years now, in and out. Oh, okay, so, yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good man, good man. Yeah, so fellow Australian, you guys got two Australians on the podcast today. Uh, Ale is the odd one out for, for this time. Canadian, <laughs> yeah, guilty. I, I saw you actually did spend some time in Canada as well. Yeah, though. yeah, I, I lived in Canada. So I used to be a pro snowboarder, so I, I lived in up in Whistler for, for five plus years as well. All over the place. Yeah, Australia is oh. not the place for pro snowboarding. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought I'd just uh, lay out the groundwork of all of this. For today um so obviously i'm on the pro boost team zyrene is also on the pro boost team in, in his absence i will be the lone representative from from pro boosting and i, I guess i, I want to start out with saying i feel like a lot of people when they approach the boosting talk they feel like it's a hundred or nothing they, they feel like you're either crazy crazy pro boosting you think it's the best thing for the game you think this is the way we want wow to be when really in regards to that i'm not I, I see boosting as a necessary evil i don't like the boost i would prefer a perfect game where you don't need the boost but i see the positives of the boost and i feel like the positives outweigh the negatives of the boost uh, at least from my point of view it's interesting you say that snow because i mean i was going to basically open with the exact same thing but obviously on the polar opposite end where it's like i don't want people to think that we're these you know raging fools who can't see the other side of the coin absolutely there are positive benefits to the boost but i mean just as recently as last night with ale you almost you know stole the words from my mouth where i'm just like when i look at the ledger and you look at the positive and the negative side personally my interpretation is i see more negatives on the negative side than positives and so but i i don't want people you're exactly right to point out the reactions that this uh topic is eliciting in people because it really is making the blood boil it yeah. really is turning people into just you know it is the epitome of the, the gamer re if you know what yeah. i mean where people are just screaming into the void about their feelings on this one and the community is a hundred. It really does seem very split. Um, but I, I do notice that you know when people create forum posts or Reddit posts or whatever, it, it does create a lot of engagement and a lot of pr 
pretty toxic interaction. So we're hoping to like, you know, everyone chill out. We're here. We're pretty reasonable guys. You know, we understand your arguments as well. And, and Snow, we're not here to, to, like you said, necessarily convince you otherwise. We're just here to have an open-minded discussion about it. I don't want to end this by necessarily having won you over. But if you've, if you've heard our points and gone, look, at the end of the day, guys, I hear you. You make some, some decent arguments, but at the end of the day, I still disagree. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, a good example of that is, man, uh, I, I have never had as many comments on my YouTube as when I mentioned just the word boosting. And suddenly my comments explode. Like it, it, the, the YouTube video might only have 5,000 views, but there'll be like 150 comments of just people be going in, in, in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I feel you, mate. I, I talked about it um, on a podcast a couple of days ago for the first time, like seriously. And mate, in like I said, three years, 175 episodes or whatever I've done in the show, however many, you know, dozens and dozens of guests, it was the first time a fight kind of broke out on my podcast between two of my guests. And I had to edit stuff out because it got <laughs> spicy and it was all over the boost. Uh, yeah. It's incredible, actually. Because the like the news generally from from BlizzCon was very well received, right? Pretty yeah. much everything was knocked out of the park, but it was the only thing that wasn't. And it seems like people are spending more time talking about this than potentially the other news at all, right? Like it's it's all pretty much people are talking about at this point is is this boost, right? Yeah, I mean, in regards to the boost, uh, we actually uh, um so Josh is friends with Mad Season. I actually, I actually opened an offer for Mad Season to come on as well, but. Even he's just, you know, everyone, I feel like everyone has been talking back and forth about boost for so long. And it's so hard to get reasonable discussion about the boost with, especially with, with content creators that it just burns you out so much just talking about the boost sometimes. Because for, for example, I got a YouTube comment on the last podcast, which is the most controversial one because we talked boost for an hour. And one of the, the comments was like, you like the boost? Well, how would you like it if I take my credit card and I can swipe and get KT loot? And I don't even know how to reply to that because th that's not even an argument. I, uh, that's just going crazy. There's, there's no reason thought into that. Even in retail, that would never happen. So I can't even like have a discussion with this person who's just gone bonkers because I mentioned that I'm pro for the boost. So yeah, it's, it's, it's dangerous to, and, and you know, we've been trying to do this over the last few days and weeks as well. It is the emotional side of you does tend to reach for false equivalencies. And, and I do really try hard whenever I talk about the boost to avoid that. And I hear myself sometimes moving to that territory because it is such an emotional reaction, but you know, that logically there are definitely things that when we say, Oh, well, what about this? It's, it's not quite the same thing, but I think there are sometimes examples that edge closer to equivalency, but not necessarily the same. But it's funny that you mentioned Mad Season Snow, because like I said to you, like I reached out to him about, you know, potentially coming and having a chat with us today. And and he's been saying over the last couple of weeks to me that like, he, and I completely understand he's he's just so tired of it already. He, he put 150 hours into that video, poured his blood, sweat and tears into it, made a really, really good video, really good argument. And, you know, I can only imagine the comments that would have come back that he's had to read on that one and the, the funny thing is I, I give you another great example about how um 
sort of e- extreme people's reactions have been to this topic. Mad Season is one of those content creators who is virtually unimpeachable. Nobody hates Mad Season. He has got like the highest Q score in the WoW Classic content creation scene. He is such a nice down-to-earth guy. People go to his channel to chill out and everyone generally loves his videos. He doesn't have many haters. As soon as this video came out, for the first time in years, I started seeing people come out of the woodwork saying, fuck that Mad Season guy. He's always been a fucking hack. You know, he's just chasing the money, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, this is ridiculous. What now? Because he said, talked about a topic that you didn't like uh, from a point of view that you didn't like. Now you're going to throw the guy under the bus for his year's worth of work. Like it's weird. <laughs> do you think, do you think the topic warrants uh, this kind of attention so much? So I think it's, uh, I think there's a lot of overreaction, honestly, um, on both sides of the coin. Um, and, and again, that goes back to why it's so hard to have a reasoned discussion about it because people get so emotional about it because it, it's uh, we're all playing classic WoW because of the nostalgia factor. We want to go back and, and relive the, what we think are the best times of WoW and such. And people have this just gut reaction, emotional reaction when anyone tinkers with, with their love for WoW. So it's weird because it's coming from a good place, but sometimes it's it's so toxic. I, I get that it's so so incredibly toxic. But um For sure. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought I'd just start out with um laying out where I stand and then you guys can see um maybe try to see if where you think I'm wrong or where you disagree with my point of view. And we can go from there. Sure. Okay. So the the reason I think the boost is important or the, the boost is needed is because I see it from a different perspective where I feel like the Mad Seasons, like the Josh Cobats, all the, the Ales, you guys all see it from the point of view of WoW uh, turning into retail from, from WoW as the WoW MMO. But from my side of things, I see it as a totally different thing. I see it as a just base retention issue in classic WoW because I think the mistake a lot of people who argue against the boost are making is that they forget that WoW as it exists now in the classic form and WoW back in the day are completely different instances of the game. I, I don't think you can take the stats from WoW vanilla and how it transitions into retail and then apply it to classic WoW necessarily because I think the game functions on a completely different level. Classic ends. Uh, there's parts of the game that people don't even consider classic WoW. Uh, whereas if we take like stats, like the reason why I watched the Mad Season video and a lot of people were surprised, wait, you watched the Mad Season video and you didn't change your point of view? Um, for me, it was because while if if I didn't have this other data set that I was using to kind of base my my reasonings on, I would have agreed with Mad Season. But because I'm considering WoW Classic as a separate game from WoW and how it progresses, I I didn't find a lot of his points landed for me. So um, to expl- explain where I'm coming from, a, a lot of people think I'm anti, um, I'm, I'm for the boost or against you guys because I hate leveling, I hate grinding, I hate all that stuff. I just want, I just want to swipe my credit card and get, get, out, get out of the way. I don't want to do any of that old boring stuff. Um, the reality is uh, I'm probably one of the biggest grinders you will know. Um, I played EverQuest, not once, but twice. I played EverQuest and then I went back and I played EverQuest Classic in the return. Um, and for people that don't know, EverQuest is... Uh, people in EverQuest, I can't get my friends to play WoW because they consider WoW Classic too casual. 
They they think it's for it's for casual gamers. Um, so I played EverQuest twice, and I I love grinding. I love leveling. Some of my best experiences are spending five hours in one spot just grinding mobs with with some of my best friends, and that's what I love. But I feel like it comes down to this retention issue. So. Um, to, to explain what I mean, the, the simplest way is I think that every week, let's say you lose 1% of your audience in WoW. Let, let's say for whatever reason, people quit WoW for whatever reason, and you lose 1% of those players. If you want the servers to say, stay at the same population, you have to get 1% of people to then join and replace those people leaving. But the longer that uh, MMO goes on, it gets harder and harder to to say people, hey, um, yeah, you have to catch up on 1 to 60. Now you actually have to catch up on 1 to 70. And you have to do attunements as well. And every expansion that comes out further deepens this hole that people have to jump into and commit to. Which means at some point, you go from replacing 1% of people that leave the game with half a percent of people. Then 0.2 of a percent of people. And that's why every MMO RPG dies. So when I look at the, the, at the issue, I think of what can help retention. And for me, that's that's boost. So uh, yeah, that's that's my quick uh, little spiel. What do you guys think? Ail, you want to go first, or shall I start? Go ahead, Josh. All right, um, mate. I completely hear you on that, and, and I think that word retention is a really, really important one to kick off with because it, it would be remiss of us to sort of disregard the the business reasoning behind these decisions you know there's there's really two stakeholders here that we do need to consider and that is obviously blizzard who absolutely deservedly uh should make money from their product i'm not here to spew forth about microtransactions and all of that you know we we do understand the uh position that they've now firmly taken within the mmo uh, rpg landscape but um, there's also the player stakeholder, that's us, you know, and what we want and what we desire from our games and what we will tolerate from the financial stakeholder as well and kind of this symbiosis that needs to come together to create a product that we're all happy with and continuing our subscription with. Um, when we talk about retention, though, it's a thing where I feel like they're not necessarily trying to retain the WoW Classic player base as much as obviously they want to do that. Um, that's not the the ultimate goal with the boost. I think they're more opening this up to that retail crowd who either only dabbled with Classic very briefly upon launch or something like that or haven't played it at all and now want to dip their toes in the water. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm not here to start. I, I hate it when people sort of do the split and create an us versus them argument with Classic and retail. I think the more people in both games, it's, it's for the better. You know, I love Classic. Of course, I want more. More players to come over i don't care what other mmos you played or if you've not played one at all come and try classic i'd love to make new friends and, and get you in here but they really are spreading the net uh, across uh retail as well and and obviously dangling the carrot on the stick and saying here's a boost come and try it out the after effect of that is exactly uh what kind of um you know player you are attracting to classic in terms of um whether or not they are a player who necessarily you know feels a connection to the ideals of classic which we were sold on when the project was started you know a few years ago you you talked about a nostalgia trip snow and i think there's more to it than than just that nostalgia trip because obviously people who are pro boost might say well i've had that nostalgia hit 
that was fun. Now I'm done with it. Let's just get to the end game and get to the really good stuff. Um, but I think that leveling experience and, and, you know, it's just part of the makeup of the game. It's part of the fun of the game from a bygone era that I understand modern gaming has moved away from, but that is exactly why this game is different. And, and you said already that, you know, they are different games. They absolutely are different games. So I think it's a, a weird area where we start to somewhat blend the two and create this middle ground that sort of takes a little bit of retail and puts it in classic, um, you know, in order to appeal to that player base when we should be actually keeping them separate as, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think there's anything wrong with classic having its own flavor and retail having its own flavor. Um, this, this is why people signed a petition by the thousands all those years ago, because they wanted something different. They weren't enjoying the retail version of the game. And now that classic has been brought out, I just feel like there is a, a noticeable difference in tone from Blizzard in a slight way in terms of the things that are being introduced now that does sort of start to uh, blend the two. Like I say, it's like a, a Neapolitan ice cream now um, where you're getting the flavours sitting side by side as opposed to in different tubs. Um, Ale, pick it up from from where I'm, I'm going here if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so like for us, uh, we've we've talked to Kevin Jordan a little bit about it and... Um, I think, I think for me, like as for nostalgia, like that definitely is like a part of it, but as well, it was that, is that different style of, of gameplay, right? That slower burn that, that people get to, you know, the people who grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons and things like that. And, um, when we had talked to Kevin Jordan originally, he had, he had talked about how that like original, you know, one to 60 had always served like kind of a purpose, right? Uh, that was so players would, you know, face challenges and, be grouped with other players and the goal was that to form those relationships and connections with people that would hopefully last throughout you know the course of the game right so uh for me like having that retention value of bringing people in with boosts like i, I personally believe there's more retention from having people play through it um at least in the sense of the goal of blizzard wanting to bring in players you know who may have played before I, I think it, I think it serves a, a bigger purpose for retention to have people, you know, play through that content in the sense of, you know, it's somebody who didn't play classic originally, uh, especially considering that there already is uh, advantages coming with TBC for leveling, uh, you know, 30% increased uh, quest experience as well as uh, an 18% average uh, reduced in level uh, experience needed per level. And I, I think those combined, um, with kind of what classic was set out to do, which Josh touched on, you know, is important to like kind of the, uh, the ethos of the whole ecosystem of what classic, you know, what we were sold on for classic and what it should be. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, the, the thing I disagree with when it comes to leveling though, is I feel like you can't force people to go back and do the leveling in, in that I think the ideal world for all of us would be if Blizzard cared more, they put a big team into classic, they did classic plus, they, they added incentives for people to go back and do leveling for all, all these wonderful things to re relive the leveling experience. But I think uh, all of us know Blizzard, Blizzard's not going to do that. There's uh, very unlikely that they're ever going to go back and, and do all those things. So when I look at the leveling process and I think, man, I have to convince 
new people to not only do 1 to 60, but now they have to do 1 to 60, then 60 to 70, and then do attunements, and then Raph comes out, and then there's another set of things they have to do. The The amount of things that weighs on people, they, they just don't want to do it. And I think, like, even if you don't have the boost, people don't want to go back and do the leveling experience. I, I think there's this almost rose-tinted glasses we have when we look back at leveling for a lot of people. Um, I know I leveled a rogue from uh, 1 to 60, and I have two rogues in basically almost full bis right now, full bis next phase 6 gear. And the first one, super, super fun. I was leveling with my friends, we had lots of dungeon experience, We we, we the world was open and free and people everywhere. The second one, horrible experience. Uh, I would have people come in the stream and say, hey, Snow, why are you uh, level 34 now? You were level 32, like, two weeks ago I'm, I said well I'm questing man there's no groups it's really not fun for me to solo quest slowly like this and then end, I, I had like half of my time was ended up being boosted by a subscriber because they felt so bad that I was going through this awful leveling experience with with just no one half the time and that, that's yeah. why it took me an insane amount of time to to hit max level on my second guy and then when I needed to do my Onyxia attunements and catch up on all like just the basic raid requirements I needed to to raid so um my second rogue is in progress for people that don't know which is like a world number one type guild and it was it was a nightmare getting caught up and that's coming from me who 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 played EverQuest so much that I played it twice I went back and and, and played the second time on progression servers so I, I think it's really really hard to sell people on that that dream uh, of, of I, wanting that leveling experience. It's interesting you talk about that as well, because I think that um, <clears throat> the boost, one of, one of my main points for why I believe the boost is also quite harmful, which a lot of people don't talk about, is it's harmful to players who don't boost. So for example, yourself, uh, for every player that skips over that content that could have gone back and gone through it, you know, that's one less player that those people who aren't paying to boost can group with and actually have, you know, a full rich experience, right? And it's actually pretty interesting right now on server since the TBC announcement. There's kind of been a renaissance in leveling. Uh, I'm actually I was I'm leveling a druid, you know, of course for TBC. Yeah. yeah. And so gotta have the gathering out. Gotta have the gathering out, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I've come across multiple players, unguilded players, and you know, I kind of do like a bot check or whatever, you know, what's going on with this guy, and then I talk to them and people who have actually started leveling since the announcement just to have a character ready. And I, you know, like, why don't you just wait for the boost? And they're like, well, I, I, I can't afford it. Or I don't want to do that. I want to kind of start getting involved in the server like before then. Right. And I always try to group with them and things like that. And there is a lack of people in the world. And I think the boost is only going to further amplify that. And without it, maybe, you know, a large portion of those players wouldn't play. But I think for all of those that would, it would be a lot better for the people who aren't going to boost, can't afford it, you know, disagree with it, right? Yeah, I've, I've, I'm with Al on that one. I've definitely noticed it as well in terms of keeping an eye on World Chat. I've seen more advertisements in the last, uh, you know, two months, uh, two to three months, I would say, than I did in in the nine months preceding that about, hey, you know, need a tank for RFK and good to go. Hey, need two times DPS for Black Fathom Deeps and, and, and good to go. And I was like, whoa, whoa, people are actually doing the dungeons and, and leveling the, 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 
the right way, I guess, quote unquote, um, that I just have not seen in the game for so long since those first few months. So TBC absolutely created a buzz. So when we say that these players or, or players that are interested in TBC or new players, oh, they're not going to be interested in the leveling process. Well, clearly, I think from just the eye test, some of them are. And when the game actually launches, I think even more would be. But Snow, um, it, it's interesting to, to come back to what you were kind of saying with the bulk of your point just then, it's really important to talk about the objective here on Blizzard's end or, or how we interpret it because it's like, who is this boost for and then what is it for? And and right now we're talking about the new player, but you also obviously raised some arguments from your end as the experienced player who's already got 60s up and going and your um, you know, lack of desire to to go through the leveling process again and the hassles that come with it. If we focus on the new player for just a second, um, you know, it is something where if you talked about the new player sort of looking at the overwhelmingly long list, as you sort of put it, of things to do, the, the check marks that they have to go through before they can finally get to the good stuff, if that's the way we put it. Um, you know, they've got to go 1 to 60, they've got to go 60 to 70, they've got to go through the attunement process. Um it's now I understand it's it's 2021 it's a different landscape but you know the game when it launched saw exponential growth while this was happening back then as well you know people were buying uh TBC and going well I haven't played the game and all these guys are level 60 yet what do I have to what, what all these guys are already 60 what do I do well I guess I better catch up and they went through it and they did it but if the argument is well exactly they've already done it and they don't want to do it again I think that's what we need to sort of um, differentiate between here are we talking about the new player who's done it before or are we talking about the new player who hasn't done it and doesn't want to do it do you know what I mean yeah yeah I, I see that um I said I would say what there's very few new players to WoW in general um I, I would hmm. say or, or even the MMO genre I think back in the day there did exist people I mean every it was except for the people that are coming from EverQuest or maybe Ultima Online or things like that wow was new to everyone back then uh but now now i feel people have a general understanding they know how to play mmos they know how mmos work they, they know the basics I, I think uh when we talk about the boost i think of it from the point of uh the the players that that want to come back and play wow again i yep. think it's okay it's, yeah Okay, so so let's let's say we, we've categorized it as it might be either someone whose WoW sub has ended but has played in the past or a current retail player who did TBC back in the day and has no interest in doing it again, just wants to catch up and play with their mates. You talked about, and this is what I was referencing very lightly sort of about 10 minutes ago when I talked, I think it's probably an unfair term to describe it as, you know, the quality of player that, that we're talking about. I, I probably should take that back and rephrase. Um it's more about the potential loyalty of that player to the content because if they are the kind of player who's going to look at that laundry list of things and go, oh, 1 to 60, oh, 60 to 70, oh, attunement, ain't nobody got time for that. I just want to get to it. Well, once they do hit the first roadblock, let's say we, we boost them. He, congratulations, we'll get rid of one of those roadblocks for you. Here's a 58. They go, sweet excellent that's all i've ever wanted then they jump in and then they hit a they might hit 
the next roadblock, which is that 58 to 70 leveling process, or it might not be that, that's fine. But then they see the attunement process and they go, oh, what is this? Or they get through the attunement process and they start raiding. And for whatever reason, they're with a guild that, you know, uh, even though I know that we're all, you know, good players and we've worked the content out, let's say hypothetically you're with a guild that, that does start to wipe on a particular boss or something. And that becomes the next roadblock. At what point does this player who wanted to throw away one of those roadblocks accept all of the others or are they just going to hit those and go, you know what, after all, fuck this? Yeah, um, I think it's fair. I think that's a fair point. I think maybe 80% or more of the players that take the boost probably won't even hit max level and, and they might not get there. But at the end of the day, I look at it more as, uh, okay, well, those players are, are done, but there's still going to be a set percentage of people that do convert into the the sweatier player, the more long-term player, that that the type of player that wants to stick around in classic. So I think that even though you do lose a lot of those people along the way, um, there is still a percentage of people that actually would get to max level. I think I don't think anyone's going to disagree that some people will benefit from the boost and make it all the way and keep playing, even if a majority of people don't. I, I think uh, that's that's still fair. But um, to, to touch a little bit on the leveling thing that you guys mentioned, um, I, I should say that when I'm talking about the boost helping um, revive leveling and all of that, I feel it's important to not think about when leveling is thriving because uh, everyone knows leveling thrives every time there's, there's new content coming out, there's a new phase coming out, there's a new uh, expansion coming out, people are suddenly excited. What's going to happen in phase three, phase four, uh, is is what's going to happen to every single MMORPG after the initial hype dies down, is that the leveling dies again. And I think it's just a sad byproduct is that I haven't seen a single MMORPG fix the issue that everything goes top and heavy in, in the end. Even when you do get that boost of leveling, like right now in TBC, people are coming back, they're excited. The world is going to empty again. And then you're going to go back to same the square one again where where you, you want people to go level, but there's not enough people leveling. So for me, I know that the boost does hasten the death of leveling, but I'm, I'm not sure in its current state, unless Blizzard does do Classic Plus and does drastic changes to bring make people have a reason to go do all that leveling things, I don't think you can save leveling in a late stage MMO. Uh, I think as much as I love leveling, as much as I think it's a great part of the process, as much as it bonds me to the game, I think you can't save it once uh, MMO hits late stage. I agree with you in terms of late stage. Absolutely. You do see, you know, not many people out in the in the early level zones doing their leveling. But then I'm kind of like, if on your previous argument, you know, like you said, if we're going to retain a certain, albeit lower percentage of quality players who really find a love for this game and, and fight through it and go to the end and become a great classic player, then on the same note, why wouldn't we fight to retain the quality or the, the joy of the leveling process for at least the start of TBC or through to the middle of TBC? It's, it's like if we're going to say, well, leveling's going to be dead anyway, so let's just kill it from the start. Why wouldn't we preserve at least some form of time where it's, you know, people are out there in the old world doing things? Um, I, I would say that uh, it, it's, it comes down to so so what you're proposing is like let's say they put in the boost in in like phase three or something once once the leveling is dead, is that what you're kind of saying? No, no I mean, I mean obviously my 
point is it shouldn't be there at all. Yeah. But, yeah, um, but uh, what I'm saying is like, it's, I understand what you're saying in that it's going to die anyway, just kill it now. But I think that... Oh, okay. It, so you're, you're asking it, like what the reason is for, for doing it now then? No, no, no. I, I, yeah, I understand what you're saying in terms of like, I get that argument, but what I'm sort of asking back is um, arguably... Uh, I mean, not that, again, I don't want to do a false equivalency and say like if the same ethos had been applied to WoW Classic and the 1 to 60 experience, well, the leveling process is going to die anyway. So why are we doing the leveling now? Why don't we all just start at 60? That's probably, maybe that's a bit of a straw man argument. I, I'm not too sure. Um, but I just think that rather than sort of shrug the shoulders and say, well, it's 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 going away eventually, I just think there's still something to preserve in in the beginning and in the interim. Yeah. Um, for for me, it's one of those things where again I look at the positives and negatives, and I say it's on its way out. It's probably gonna not survive for more than a couple of phases. Um, so so what I I think about when I think of retention is um, um do you guys have the screen uh, stream open at all? Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. So I can share this on my screen here. Guys, we'll say goodbye to our face for a second. Um, but so this is uh, this is Finny Progress. Uh, for for people that uh, I don't know, if, did either of you guys play EverQuest at all? No, I didn't. Uh, no, no. Okay, so so this is Finny Progress. So the reason why um, I get my data sets a little bit different from other people is because a lot of people don't know. Uh, first, first, I'll this: is that Holly Longdale, when she was hired over to, to run WoW Classic. She came from EverQuest Classic. So a lot of WoW Classic players don't know that we're literally copy and pasting what EverQuest already did with EverQuest Classic. So when I want to know what ha is going to happen with a classic server or how the players are usually going to react to changes, how the population is going to change over time, I look at EverQuest Classic because Holly Longdale is literally copy and pasting most of the things. We, we even changed the name of WoW Classic servers to Progression Servers, which is literally what they're called in EverQuest Classic. Um, so, so when I look at the data, I, I look at um, this page. So this page is called Finny Progress. It, it, because EverQuest is so ghetto, um, this is how guilds back on the most popular EverQuest classic server of all time. This was about three or so years ago. This is how we measured uh, population. Um, so at the start, I'll go all the way down here. This was the start. This was how many guilds we had at the start of EverQuest classic. This was everyone that, that beat content. And you can see every expansion after that. So in EverQuest, there are expansions, but in WoW, they'd just be phases. Every phase of new content, you can see these are the guilds that successfully beat the content. And you don't see any decline up until Planes of Power. So Planes of Power in EverQuest is kind of like Wrath of the Lich King for WoW. It's the stopping point where people say, okay, that's my classic experience. I don't really care about anything beyond that. And that's I, I feel that's fair to say that most a lot of people playing classic don't care about classic beyond wrath and um after after this expansion you start to see the death of guilds so you start to see uh th the decline so here maybe one or two guilds drop off at the bottom and, and it's always the casual guilds that drop off first and get absorbed by the guilds at the top and then if we keep going so let's skip a few expansions you can see the list has grown shorter and then eventually you get to where the surviving everquest servers are where you have like four guilds then three guilds, then I think right now they are two guilds surviving on the server. And this is just how, 
how classic servers go because people people have an endpoint. Uh, people have an endpoint where they don't want to play classic beyond a certain point. So when I think about retention, I think, okay, if let's say we, we take a random WoW server, it has 50 guilds right now. I think what is going to make it so that instead of 25 guilds at the end of uh, this prosperous period of the game, we reach there with 40 guilds. So there's always going to be a loss of guilds along the way because people can't beat content, the casual guilds get absorbed, they, they collapse because they lose their best players to the better guilds, and there's not people replacing. So I don't think boosts can fix the problem completely, but for me, I just think of, man, it would have been nice if we got to, to that expansion where everyone quit after with 40 guilds intact instead of 25 guilds intact. Because the question people have to ask is, what do they want after we reach Wrath? Um, because if the game plan for EverQuest Classic gets copied over to WoW Classic, it's going to be, everyone's probably going to quit. They're going to leave the servers as is and keep going through content. More and more guilds will fail. And the bulk of the people will roll on whatever fresh version of Classic is out. And they'll just start the whole process again and again and again. And that is honestly why I expect to happen since they literally hired holy long to repeat this process in in wild classic so uh, does yeah. uh does everquest have a boost uh, everquest does have a boost and a lot of the reasons why i don't think um it's going to impact wow as much is because man if the hardcore everquest players could deal with with the boost being put in place so everquest actually had no straight up boost at first they sometimes did things like that but for the most part it was double xp weekends a bonus xp and even that wasn't enough so when i look at what everquest classic did and i said man that really really helped the the double xp weekends the the payable double xp boost that you could buy those actually really helped but they still weren't enough because um as someone who was the recruiting officer for the largest West Coast uh, EverQuest Classic Guild at the time, we had to start to, to replace people once it got tough. We had to start saying, okay, we will boost you. We will boost you. Just come play EverQuest. We, will, we have the boost team ready. We will take you and give us two weeks. We will take you from one to wherever you are so that you can actually come play with us. Because without that, it was just... It was just sad. I got, I got to see the server die. I got to see the most popular EverQuest server die and everyone quit and joined the new fresh server and that's just going to happen to WoW Classic. So that, that's why I want to boost a lot is that I, I hope. To be fair though, again, if we're, and, and I, sorry, someone in Twitch chat was right to point out that, the, like I said, I was a bit hesitant about my point before with the straw man argument, but while we're talking about false equivalencies, like I'm not sure if the EverQuest example is necessarily uh applying is able to be applied here it, it by all means tell me if i'm wrong but like we're talking about world of warcraft like the most popular mmo ever and and it just while everquest was the og in terms of popularity and subscription numbers wow smashed it and it's not even close um so we're talking about oh my everquest classic server struggled so i'm worried that my wow classic server will struggle What's the difference in total player base that we're talking about, though? Uh, I think that's... I mean, it's fair to say they're, they're different, but I, I think uh, a lot of people forget that WoW was... WoW Vanilla WoW was literally built as an EverQuest clone with improvements. Uh, original... Yeah. yeah. So so when when I think about what they are... Or where you compare them to, I, I feel like 
I think you'd be hard pressed to convince most classic players to play beyond Wrath. So I think it's safe to say that the populations will probably see similar curves because um, we've already seen similar curves in both the EverQuest player base and the WoW Classic player base for both servers. So you, the, the reason why I don't, uh, I don't agree with Mad Season's graph where, where you take the, the old WoW vanilla sub numbers and then you follow that through is because that's not even how it's gone in, Ever in, in WoW Classic right now. We've already seen that at the start of the phase, we have the most people and then it dips off and then the new phase comes and then people come back and then it dips off again. And now we are in phase six and the population is a fraction of what we had at the start. So we're already uh, not seeing the graph follow the original trend. We're seeing it follow the obviously it's, trend. Obviously it's not following the original trend because we're yeah. talking about a disparity in millions of players. But what we are seeing is a similarity in just pure popularity in the MMO, in the MMO landscape. Like Blizzard didn't expect this to be popular and WoW Classic blew the fuck up when it launched and completely reinvigorated the genre with another option for people to play. And, you know, they obviously came out on their earnings call and said something to the effect of they will correct me if I'm wrong. You know, it tripled their subscriber base or something ridiculous. It was some exorbitant rise in WoW subs and people playing WoW and talking about WoW. And it really was a shot in the arm, not only for Blizzard, but for MMOs. And so I feel like, Snow, you're kind of pointing, painting WoW Classic like, oh, it dies, it's dead. You know, once the exciting stuff is done, everyone drops off. I've experienced different things. Like on my server, it is constantly popping. Yes, of course, people drop off after certain content, you know, has been played for some time. But for the most part, granted, I'm on a very busy server and I know there are other servers that are nowhere near as populated as the Oceanic one. Um, I haven't ever had to experience uh, or even watching other people's streams, moments where you look at it and you go, fuck, this game is dead. Ale, have you seen anything like that? Uh, my my servers definitely had uh, quite a your server is an drop. anomaly. <laughs> well, it is, yeah. But especially after you know onslaught died, uh, a lot of people realized that they were really the engine behind the whole server. Like the cost of Black Lotus halved in like a week, and you know all sorts of things like totally dropped off after that point. And uh, you know there there has been a, a steady decline on my server, but it is like. Like I said, it might be a different makeup of uh, other servers, okay. like very hardcore, um, probably similar to the progress uh, server you guys are on. Like it's Gehennis, isn't it? Uh, Firemaw. Firemaw. There's like there's like those two really big EU servers that are like, you know, very hardcore, yeah. right? So, at least at least for Scarum, there there has been a pretty noticeable decline. Yeah. So um, if if you want to actually look at the stats, uh, you can go to Ironforge Pro. So I I play on the two biggest two of the biggest servers. I play on White Main and then I play on uh Fimo on EU. So on, on both of the sides of the coast, I play on both the two most popular servers pretty much. Uh and even on White Main, we're down to I think it's six thousand-ish active raiders. So if you go to Ironforge Pro, I think it's ironforgepro.gg. Uh I can pull that up actually. Let me see. Yeah, it's I uh, I play on White Main as well, actually on the Alliance, and it's actually quite pretty interesting there. Uh, the server dynamics are kind of unique as as well, and my, at least from my point of view on the Alliance side, um, talking with the guild leaders and stuff there, they have trouble recruiting players actually because people would rather just do a GDKP than join a guild. <laughs> just the, the server in that way has become so twisted in this in that economy, 
it's uh it's it's kind of strange so when it, when i went to play there they're like yeah like come play with us you know you don't have any gear but if you just want to play with us like that's fine like we need people to come play yeah. because like everybody else would rather just like go make money right which is like a, a totally another topic altogether right yeah, yeah and, and like obviously yeah, another yeah, we huge going for another between... whole extra hour or two if we talked about the the, the gold situation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I've got the page open uh, on the stream for people to see. So white main is yeah at six thousand right now. Um, peak time it was what like twelve thousand something like that. And, and every server has seen a decline. Uh, if you go back into the history of the rating numbers, every server has seen a decline. So the, the reason I compare uh, WoW to EverQuest is because it's the closest comparison we have. And every data point I've seen. WoW Classic has mimicked uh, the EverQuest uh, Classic experience in, in, in the same decay numbers, in the same, same way guilds get absorbed. Everything I've seen from the stats is comparable. Um, and, and WoW is actually very, very close in, in how its player base has this attachment to the old way MMOs used to be. Um, a lot of people don't realize how close the games are. It's just that EverQuest didn't have the Blizzard name behind it. Um, and EverQuest also experienced a massive... Uh, massive shot in in traffic and everything when they did their first classic service it's, it's funny that blizzard saw the amount of popularity in private wow servers and and such and then they did their server because everquest also did that they saw like okay well somehow there's these two thousand people who still every day they log in and play this weird private server experience for everquest Let, let's try to do that ourselves and it worked. It, it it was huge. It was the most popular I've ever seen EverQuest since the start of time. When I came back and joined EverQuest the second time for Classic. So that that's why I compare WoW Classic to EverQuest Classic. Because every data point has shown that so far our curve and all the trends have been identical to how EverQuest Classic has gone, at least. But that, but that's also identical to any MMO. I mean, it's no, I'm just sort of uh, obviously looking at the numbers that you're pulling up. You, you're you're sort of saying, look at this. It's so far off what it was. But we're talking about like we're on recording this on the second of April. We're over the halfway mark of phase six in Classic WoW. You know, Nax has been out for some time. People have been almost full bis for and and for weeks now and running GDKPs for shits and gigs. The content is done for a lot of the people, and that's why they're walking away. I'm not sure if you're saying that like, look this is what will happen to TBC. Here we are. And the numbers are dropping off, but that's what happens with MMOs at the end of the life cycle of the MMO. People do tend to drop off. Are you saying that a boost would save us from that? Uh, I'm, I'm saying that a boost would mean that when the drop-off happens, we see a drop-off from, from 50 to 25 guilds. Let's say instead of 25 guilds, we end up with 35 guilds. It saves the 10 guilds. The, the interesting thing about how MMOs decline in general is that the people at the top, the peop the hardcore players, are usually the last people to be impacted a lot of the times because the hardcore players have their set group of friends, they have all their, their guildies, they have the resources in place, they have alts, they have... If anything happens that, that disrupts their experience, the hardcore guys adapt, they absorb the guilds below them. And the people that actually get the most impacted by the declining servers, and the reason why people at the top don't see it as much is because we're not the guys who run the casual guilds and they're like hey guys uh can we get a recruit please can we get any recruit and meanwhile all the recruits only want to join like the they, they open the list of this on warcraft logs and say okay what are the top 
5 to 10 guilds. I only want to join those guys because the other ones are just dying. They can barely raid. They have issues completing content right now. And that's why the guild eventually dies and then they get absorbed by the guys at the top. So that's why it's it, I feel, find it really weird when people pull up the old vanilla WoW stats and, and they're like, well, Blizzard, uh, Blizzard has shown to do this and this caused the decline when none of our stats have have mimicked that graph at all. I haven't seen any comparison to make there. I think the comparison is done though, not not for the point that you're you're sort of leaning towards, but more to show that the game was still popular even when this incredibly long and tedious level grind was in effect and expected of the players. And there was no way to bypass it whatsoever, but the game kept selling units. Now, like I said, today in this day and age, people have done the leveling process. So, you know, there is a bit more resentment towards it. I get that. But I think that's why people point to the the old graphs of numbers and and subscription numbers and, and sales, because it's more highlighting that, the tedium of WoW Classic worked at one stage and now we're sort of saying that it won't work now, so that's why we must boost. Um, I, I feel like if if you look at stats, I, I always just look at it as just a straight numbers game. I, I try to find the the closest comparison. And I'm not saying that it, the, the TBC is going to be the decline. I think we're going to, I think WoW is going to be, WoW Classic at least, is going to be super popular at least until Wrath, until the end of Wrath. And then it's going to be declining. But for me, when I think about, okay, how do I fix, I, I don't want WoW Classic to die as quick as EverQuest Classic Service did. So how, what is the, the choice? And the choice I would make is that implement things as early as possible to retain as many people as possible because there's a snowball effect. Once the decline starts happening, it's almost like you don't want to then say, okay, quick, we're declining. We need to think of solutions. We need to put this in. So even though I think without the boost, we're going to be healthy all the way until rough, I, I think it's going to be great. I would like to retain as many people as I can for when the snowball does happen and we see that decline after rough. And but that's also that's also working off of the presumption that as we we touched on earlier we're we're giving the benefit of the doubt to these boosted players that those who didn't want to go through the hassle of the leveling process have stuck around and played the game for two years and are sitting there mid final phase in in the burning crusade and still raiding side by side with you that they they found a love for the game and they stayed loyal and they turned hardcore and they're there with you that's presuming they turn into that player um it's it's also i mean as you said yourself you know you think the percentage number of people who actually hit even max level you you said like 70 or 80 percent of these people won't even hit max level but then you're saying it's going to be so healthy at the end of tbc when all these people are around and boosting up the guild numbers but the vast majority of them didn't even make it there yeah yeah I, i think it's 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 an overall it's an overall loss uh well it's you're gonna lose a lot of people but for me if it means like five or ten more guilds in in my example survive it's a loss i'll take because i don't think it's going to hurt the game that much i think it, it is a negative like the boost absolutely that there's massive negatives of having it like even if you have a small conversion rate i'm willing to take the evils of the boost if the exchange is that five to ten more guilds survive at the end because yeah. people don't people talk about everquest plus i'm not a uh, classic plus as if it's something in the future but we're already playing classic plus the question is what happens with classic plus once 
once we hit RAF, when when a lot of people have that deadline, they're like, "I uh, this is my classic experience." What what happens then? And and that's what I'm worried about is is I don't want it to happen where a lot of people think that WoW and Blizzard they put in all these retail shop cash shop and uh, and that whole snowball effect of game shop things into the game because because uh, they wanted to make money, but they do want to make money, but I feel like a lot of it was a reaction to the fact that they saw sub numbers start dropping and then they snowballed the the cash up items in. Because at first it was just one or two things and then then they started really going crazy with the cash up once while wow, subscriptions actually declined. It was like dear reaction to try to panic and say, okay, we've we got to keep revenue up. What do we do? Let's just, let's just throw cash up things into the game. And if you want cash up things to really come into the game really fast, watch what happens when classic WoW subscriber numbers start declining after Wrath. And this is probably, I wouldn't be surprised if they just flip the switch and be like, okay, well, uh, we had our classic experience, cash up time, let's go full ball now. Sorry, one last point. Al, you, I, I'm talking way too much. You, you jump in just after this one quick question. So Snow, are you saying that if the game had a really healthy sub base, we would never see a cash up? I think you would see a cash shop, but I think you wouldn't see the cash shop things that that make me personally not a retail player. You wouldn't see the things that destroy the community because I think there's a big there's a big uh, disconnect in in that people put all the retail changes into one category and say retail sucks, and retail does suck in in that when I log in that I have no community. I hate the looking for group system. It feels like I'm playing Skyrim because I don't need a guild. I don't need friends. I can just log in. As long as I meet the looking for group requirements, it will instance teleport me to the other side of the world. I never have to say a word to anyone else. It, it's such a horrible community-destroying experience in retail. I hate it. I, I agree. I agree with you there for sure. It's You feel so disposable. Like um, I, I was playing an arms warrior at the start you know, they were ranked in the higher percentiles. I was getting groups. It was great. The new data comes out. I'm in the bottom half. I couldn't get groups. Okay, I'm going to take up tanking so I can make my own groups. And then as I'm learning, I get kicked because I make a mistake. And it's you just it just ends up feeling disposable, right? So yeah. I think, um, at least with Classic, that feeling where like your decisions and your play matters, I, I think is really important. That's that's like kind of another reason that like I don't, I don't support the boost in general is that I feel like... Um, you know, as a player, like as a player coming back, not necessarily someone who's already played through uh, in classic, having that stuff matters is is important, right? Because it it builds on that, it builds roots, it builds on like kind of the fabric of uh, you know you as a player, your community, uh, everything in that regards that kind of keeps. It could even be looked at through like a retention lens, where you know you're playing because you met this person and. You know, you guys had a great experience together and you want to carry on through that. And, you know, with the boost, it, it definitely like shortens that to just like that TBC leveling cycle and then, you know, potentially into endgame. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. So, so like, I guess the point I'm making there is that um, I, I don't think we're going to get the full retail experience, at least not until Blizzard feels like Classic is just... A dead game and they just want to milk it for whatever money they can get i feel like they at least have a line there where they are going to put in cash up items and i would even agree that yeah the the boosts and things are the road to more cash up items and more cosmetic things and such but i feel like they sh they have an idea at least or they're not stupid enough to put things like the looking for group system and the other things on retail that were 
personally, I think were much bigger factors to people hating retail than necessarily like boost and cash up and, and such. It's, it's more of the lack of social dynamics that just don't exist in retail. Yeah, the, the only thing I'd say to that is that TBC is going to be incredibly popular. This game is going to be huge, quite frankly, as far as I'm concerned, when it launches. And they won't be hurting for subscription money, but the boost will still be there. So it's not there to prop up ailing subscription numbers at the start. It's just there, obviously, for extra income. Oh, yeah, I, I absolutely think, yeah, um, Blizzard's going to make a boatload of money. And, and they might not even 100% uh, like maybe like 80% of their motivation might be money-based. Um, but for me, if Blizzard's making the greedy decision, but I, I look at it and think, okay, the greedy decision means that it's still a net gain as far as I see on the retention issue. And I have to sacrifice these small parts of my classic experience, which don't kill it for me. It's, it is a negative, but they don't kill it for me. I would rather those those guilds that would have died survive. I, I would rather have those people in the game and give up those small parts of, of my classic experience if it means that a few more casual guilds can survive and the game is more alive by the time we hit end of Wrath of the Lich King. Mm. As a hardcore raider, I com sorry, as, with you being a hardcore raider, I completely understand where you're coming from and, and there are positives there absolutely and I hear what you're saying. Any addition to the rating community is a good one. And I'm, I'm totally with you on that one. Um, the question I would have for you, Snow, though, is if, if we do look at the boosts and we wonder about potential negatives outside of, of the stuff that we've talked about, you know, we haven't really touched too much on, let's say, the, the snowball effect with the profession industry, if you'd like to call it that. And, you know, with TBC being such a profession-heavy expansion, um, unlocking the 58 and we talked about how this boost is for the new player it's it or to get back the old player let's get all our mates in here come on guys let's have fun playing tbc now let's talk about the established player who looks at this boost and goes huh very good i will pay that money for two more professions thank you very much on a character that i won't touch and which feeds yeah, yeah, exactly. Now Al has two druids. Or if he has two accounts, now he's got four druids. Who knows? Um, but uh, what I'm getting at is let's talk about the player who's already established. And, you know, I had this conversation the other day again on my pod about, you know, whether we talk about the pay to win aspect. And it was interesting because we actually got in a discussion over whether or not this is even defined as pay to win. I absolutely think it is. I had a listener who disagreed with me and thought that uh, unlocking a character with access to, um, you know, max level professions, uh, even though you've still got to obviously level them up yourself, like uh, yourself, I get that, but it's such a simple and co and relatively cheap process that I don't think it's, it's too much of a bother for many players. Um, having that ability to now do so, so easily, how does that make you feel snow about what that might do to your server's economy or how you work with professions individually? Um, it's, it's definitely negative. I, I think it definitely sucks. Um, I've just kind of, again, I put that into the column of an acceptable loss for what I would prefer. And I think when we talk about pay to win, the problem is that it's different grades, right? Uh, not, not everything is the same level of pay to win. Like, uh. There's a difference between swiping your credit card and just getting instant loot and then swiping your credit card, but there's five steps in between. So when, when I think pay to win, I think it's, 
it's a little bit naive to think that there's not already a lot of elements of pay to win in the game. And sure that there's a hundred percent there's going to be more inflation, there's going to be more profession outs, but a lot of those do exist already and it will make the problem worse. But I don't think it's going to be end game problematic. I, I think it will make things suck a bit more, but things already suck a lot there. And the interesting thing when it comes to professions and like the really obvious one is everyone talks about the primals and the cloths and such. The most commonly known money-making hacks and things are also the ones that get abused the quickest and then lose their value the quickest. Uh, you saw that all of WoW Classic every single phase. Like the ones that everyone knows about, like Mooncloth, when, when Mooncloth was about to be popular, all of those, they peak at a certain point and it's often just before the phase comes out. They peak and then as soon as the phase comes out, there's so many people prepared and so many people pumping them into the economy that the economy on those just crashes really, really fast. And I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see that happen again with with a lot of the, the things that people are thinking are going to happen with these profession outs is that the economy crashes the fastest on those. And um, I was actually talking to Nether from Dreamstate. So he's in another top, uh, one of the top horde guilds in the world. And he says he always makes money, not on the Mooncloth hacks, but always... He tries to look for the small things that no one else is really thinking about. So when everyone else was doing like Mooncloth and such, he was thinking about the next Ramus Warrior turn-ins and he was farming like the obscure item for that and stocking up on that. And he made way more profit than the guys doing Mooncloth and such. So I think it's it's absolutely, it's, it's bad. It'll be bad for the economy. It's, it's not what I would like in my perfect world, but... Uh, in my perfect world, we also don't need boosts and and we don't have any decline in retention issues. So yeah, I guess for me, it's it's just another check in the column of, yeah, acceptable loss for me. The uh, Like the pay to win argument for me, uh, I, a person in the chat asked, like, do you think there's pay to win in the game right now? And in a certain sense, there is, but I believe that is because it hasn't been policed properly in my mind, right? Like mm -hmm. there is a lot of rampant, uh, you know, botting and buying of gold and GDKPs. And originally in vanilla, Blizzard didn't allow GDKPs. They said they would ban people who did that, right? And they would police yeah. that. So they just didn't happen outside of, um, you know, servers like the uh, Asian servers and things like that, that are run by a different company. And so because like there hasn't been that, that has like really crept, crept into the game, unfortunately. So in a sense, you can kind of like swipe, swipe your credit card and go buy a Gressel, right? Yeah. If you have enough money, you can just go buy it. And I think that's absolutely wrong. I hate that that's a thing. I wish it didn't happen. I hate GDKPs. It's, I think those are a net negative, especially after playing on white main, because you know, people don't want to play the way they, I feel like they should be playing is with, you know, other players, irrespective of how much. Preaching, right? preaching to the choir here. Uh, we have yeah. we have an ongoing thing on my stream where my, 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 my viewers love to look at my gold income because I don't do any GDKPs. I'm probably one of the few streamers and hardcore players that has, I've done maybe one GDKP ever. Um, but that's also why every every week they see me. I spend two hours or so on each character farming sandworm meat, or something else, which gets me like a hundred gold per hour and such. And um, yeah, I'm probably one of the most affected people by GDKPs. I'm I'm dirt poor. I have less than a thousand gold on all my characters combined. 
So yeah, I'm I'm with you guys on that yeah. one. I think it's terrible as well. But like you know, I'm glad you brought that up, Al, because I was going to answer the exact same question from Twitch chat. Going like, we're not trying to sit here and gloss over the fact that there aren't pay to win esque elements already in the game. Absolutely, gold buying is absolutely rampant. It is something that has become so shockingly acceptable and this like dirty little joke within the community that we all laugh about like <laughs> got another few thousand gold over the weekend um i think it, it sucks it absolutely sucks so there is pay to win elements already in the game so i'm not saying that that's not there but snow drawing from what you said um i i, I sort of wonder when you are your point there seems to be um well there's already pay to win elements in the game so shrug the shrug the shoulders what's one more um whereas that's exactly what we're sort of trying to rally against it's it's kind of got to stop at a certain point and you've got to speak up and say something because it's that apathy that does lead to dangerous waters but then on top of that if your argument is also well I'd rather tank, and I know I'm 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 not meaning to to sound awful and put words in your mouth, mouth mate. I'm, I'm probably being hyperbolic, but it, it's somewhat to the effect of, if the economy takes a kick in the nuts for the benefit of the rating community, then that's an acceptable loss for me. So we'll sink one and 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 notch up a win for the other. But then I'm wondering because you talked about those players that get the boost and fall in love with the game, and they're still there rating with you at the end of the last phase of TBC. But what if that player happened to crack the shits over how the economy was going and didn't wind up rating with you in the last phase of TBC because other elements of the game that you were willing to concede made them quit? Um, I, th I think that's definitely a danger. I think there's definitely a danger. But for me, when I think about the the issue of uh, these guys coming in and getting... Uh, I feel like the problem is the ideal solution is that blizzard just fixes uh and we'll we'll talk botting as well in a second because that's a big part of of all of this included is that like all of these other problems are things that blizzard really the ideal solution is blizzard just cracks down and fixes them on top of that so 100 percent. but the problem is we both we all know blizzard's not going to do that because they, they've never done mm -hmm. that in the past so when when i think about it i think um, I, I actually try to think more on the casual player side of things because um, I'll be the last person affected. If 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 Firemore dies, Progress will be the last guild remaining. Uh, I'm fairly confident because that's how it always works. The hardcore guilds absorb everyone else. It's the casual guys that will get impacted the fastest. The casual guys will be ones that can't get friends to play and, and, and won't have, have that experience. And I feel like that lack of experience will cause more people to quit faster than some elements of GDKPs and and pay-to-win elements and such that, that already are in the game. I, I agree with you that it is it, it kills me. It's such a shame that we're, we're all here, we're all fans of the game, we all bond over the same thing, and we're here having a back and forth over things that Blizzard should be fixing. And, and I'm with you, Snow. I'm with you, mate. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's just it's just kind of you know it's it's really sad that that uh, that they don't care. I mean, the the botting issue, especially, I, I it's it's something that I talked about with Zarine um, in the past. Is that is it really that hard to even just hire one GM per server to go around and just at least just ban the really obvious bots, the, the ones that you could port to them and, and see like okay, there's this two hundred ungilded rogues in Blackrock depths. Uh, sh surely those guys are really easy to spot and find. Like we we can't even yeah. ban those guys. Yeah. It, it breaks my heart. Meet, meet, like, yeah, like for 
two weeks on my stream, I was doing like a daily BRD check and I would, I would whisper them. I would try, I would report them for botting. And two weeks later, they're still all in there. And it's just like, you know, what's going on? You know, like, I understand it's in like, they do stuff in waves, but like, you got to change something. You got to do something like make the pockets not respawn or just anything really. Like, are you out there listening? Like do something yeah. to show us that you're, you're, you care about this and that, you know, it, it is an issue. It's with what you said, Snow, like, yeah, for ages now, I see all the comments all the time about like you people saying, Blizzard, I'll do it. I'll do it for 10 bucks an hour, whatever. I'm playing the game anyway. Just get me in there and I'll, I'll go in for a few hours and clean up a bunch of bots. And it's like, if we're talking about it seriously, I, I actually think that there is absolutely flexibility for like, why aren't we hiring, you know, whether it's kids or veteran players and doing the, yeah, here's 20 bucks an hour. You're a pseudo GM, go in there and clean up bots. The only reason I can think of against it is that, you know, let's presume that the blizzard is sort of trying to be somewhat good about it and going, no, no, we're terrified of the false positives. If one player gets banned who wasn't a bot, that's too many. That's why we can't farm this out to the, you know, amateur GMs who want to clean it up for 20 bucks an hour. But I, I really think that as weird as this is to say, it's, it's almost uh, not necessarily worth it, but we know what a bot looks like. You know what I mean? There are so many people that can tell. I, I just, it blows my mind. Uh, I mean, as far as uh, if, if we, we bring this back to the to the topic of boost, I think the one side that everyone does agree on, regardless of whether you're boost or anti-boost is, yeah, it, it will make the botting issue worse, uh, which is which is, is scary. Uh, it is scary is that it will make the botting issue worse. But again, it, the the most frustrating thing is that uh we wouldn't even have to discuss the botting issue if they would just you know address it. You, you can't tell me that private servers yeah. can can do botting so much it, so much and, better and than than a big company like Buzzard. And that isn't necessarily a boost issue. It's a it's a botting issue, yeah. right? It's like it's, if they if the botting issue was if they were on the ball, then people boosting and would get bound for botting. Then you know it, it wouldn't even be correlated. But it, because the other part isn't happening. Now we have this other thing that we're worried about that shouldn't even be related. That is, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's. Uh, do you guys have any other points uh, on the body, on the whole boosting issue? Because I think we've come down. To, at least we we understand both sides of the of the argument. It's just that maybe I value like the retention issue like a hundred, and then the and then I take points off that one hundred for the fact that it's gonna the economy is gonna be worse. So I take like twenty points off that and and such. And then I my my equation just works out that okay, it's a positive ten for the boost. And and maybe you guys just just have higher values on on what you would like for the spirit of the game and the leveling process and such. And and it's too much negatives out of the boost for you. Hmm. I, I I mean, just on the bots point to finish up and, and like you said, you know, Snow, we could talk about this for hours if, if you know, it could go on and on and on, but obviously for, for, uh, efficiency sake and for content sake, we don't want to have people going on too long, but, um, just quickly in regards to the bots, you know, it's an interesting one that time will tell. There's so many people saying, uh, bots will use the boost. There's so many people saying bots absolutely won't use the boost. It's, it really is pure speculation on both parties part at this point, because we can't point to anything and say, this is evidence that backs up why they will or won't use the boost. We just have to wait and see. And, and then time will tell, you know, I think they 
they will, but I can't direct you to an article or any kind of hard data that actually backs up my point. I'm, I'm purely staring into a personal crystal ball with an educated guess of mine, whereas I completely accept the arguments from the other side where they're like, please, they won't use it. They won't buy it. They'll just, you know, bot up as per usual. And it, that's all fine. Like I said, I, I do think it will have an issue. And Snow, it seems like you're saying that you predict uh, it will have a, a detrimental effect on the botting issue and only make it worse as well. So we'll, we'll all just wait and see. But really in summing up, if we are kind of winding it up, I would just say that, and Ale might be able to say this more eloquently, eloquently than me because his, his passion really does come up when I talk about this kind of stuff. But Classic was designed for a specific uh, crowd. Um, you know, there's a bunch of people out there in the world who, who signed a petition who wanted a certain style of gaming because it was a polar opposite to what was being offered with World of Warcraft at the time. Um, it's been really disheartening to see that voice and that tone sort of start to change over the last couple of years as as and as i said more than happy to have retail players come over and play with us the more the merrier i can't stress that enough but with that i have noticed the tone of the classic community has start to change a little bit over time as perhaps the makeup of the classic community has started to change over time and so now we are hearing much more willingness for ideals that would have if they had said some of this stuff on that stage at BlizzCon two years ago when we got the one-hour PowerPoint presentation about how Classic was being rolled out and the ideals behind its creation, people would have rioted. I, I really feel that. But but now it's totally okay and we're totally cool with it because, like, we're over it. We're over-leveling apparently. Um, I just feel like it's now being marketed and designed for everyone, which is what brought wow down in the first place it was the game for everyone come one come all casuals hardcore we love you all we'll do a bit of everything and if you don't have a very i don't know as i said you'll put it better than me it was such a a, a specific feel to classic that now i feel it's somewhat being watered down with the boost and, and that's a shame for me to see ale anything that i missed i mean yeah, it's like if if you're trying to, you know, do everything, you don't really do one thing very well. And I think a lot of the reason that like retail has kind of gotten away from them in a sense is that because you don't force players to, you know, form those roots together and do things that people are very disposable and like that causes a lot of issues. Like at least for me, that's that's a big part of it. And um making the game in such a way that, you know, things can be can be bypassed. There's important um, it's it's why like it was really interesting when when Josh talked to Kevin that they des they specifically designed like I brought up earlier that you would play through that to help form those bonds because the game is about more so the players even it's it's that is what they're going for is that the players would you know choose the way in, w in which it would go and and those roots are deeper than like the game itself and as soon as those started to break apart it. Um, you know, I feel like it, it definitely lost a big part of it. And just like, and, you know, like to see it one, one kind of like uh, one kind of nail in the coffin with the boost come in this early, like that's, you know, that does definitely have me disheartened as well. And like, as for me, I would prefer them not to put things in until they came in before. Um, I think your point about having retention, if, if that does help retention, I think that would be a, would be a positive um, but as for just like everything else until they're resolved, like 
yeah, I'm still falsely or still firmly in the, I, I think it, we would be better served without it. Okay. So, so I have a question for you then, because uh, this is something I've thought about a lot. Um, if your choice was then to have a classic experience, like the, exactly the the way you want it, no boost, um, maybe they, they fixed the botting, uh, we'll just put the botting issue aside. Let's say no boost and it does result in a faster decline in the end. Is that an acceptable loss for you though? Because uh, I don't think there's a right or wrong here. It's just that if, would you choose to have the classic experience the way you want it with no boost, no zero cash up, not, none of that affecting your gameplay at the cost of uh, maybe your, a few more servers die or a few more extra guilds die? Um, it, would you prefer that experience still? I mean, sorry, Al, you go, you go. I, if, if, that, if that was what would happen, then I, I think so. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's something where it, the insinuation is that um, you know people get sick of it, and, and as we've seen through content phases, definitely the numbers drop off. But like, what kind of a death are we talking about? Are you talking about like if it leads to the death of classic and absolutely no one's playing it? Is that oh, what you're okay, pushing okay, towards, can... or 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 are we talking about just a drop in numbers? Because private servers live on, like the the popularity of this game and the call of this game still speaks to thousands and thousands and thousands of players worldwide who are interested in continuing to re-roll, re-roll, keep playing classic as it was. And, and you know, not to go into the, the um, you know, glorification of private servers or anything like that, but this game does have a very interesting popularity all these years later with all these years later with such a large crowd that I think you would always have surviving servers somewhere. Um so yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, um, yeah, to to expand on what I mean, I guess um, if they don't do this, I would assume it goes down um again, probably the exact same path as EverQuest Classic, where the game never fully dies. I I don't think you you ever see WoW Classic completely die, or WoW even in general mm. ever completely die. It's just too big to die. But the way at least I've seen it happen with classic servers in the past and and such is that they restart the experience again. So let's say the current servers all hit RAF, you see a decline, uh, maybe half the population leaves, but then they'll start up a fresh server. And that fresh server, most people will migrate over and they'll make some changes. Maybe they double the experience rate or other, other things that may, whatever the community has been asking a lot for, they, they make those changes and that brings some people back. But what I've seen is that the peak is never the same peak as the first time. So maybe the second time you people go through classic they have 90% and then the next, after the entire cycle starts from scratch again, they have 80%. And it's like a very, very slow death. But it, at the same time, WoW, I think, has enough people that it will never fully die. That there will always be at least a server somewhere running, even if it ends up being private. Um, I, I think WoW will never die. But um, what I would think is that it would die a little bit faster, or at least the early server iterations of it, of Classic, will die faster without boost without 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 good catch-up mechanics without something to fill that void of trying to to get people into the game yeah i hear what you're saying um i think it also it also comes hand in hand with what we talked about earlier just generally time passing and and years going by and and it, it's hard to also factor that into the mix as well in terms of just our general interest in the game if 
you know, we are going to be playing this thing in five, six, seven years' time. Who, who knows? Blizzard has said, you know, they obviously want classic servers out there in some form of perpetuity. Um, and, and it's just an option that we always kind of wanted. That Like, maybe I won't play classic all the time, but it's nice to have it there when I want it. Um, now, in terms of the boost being there, I, I don't think, sort of like I said before, I don't think the boost necessarily... Um, stops that death knell for the game overall in the long run um people's you know new games new mmos will come out and drag people away um you know click click wow can't we've been saying this for 15 years but wow can't be the top dog forever um oh i think it can (laughs) i think i think league of of legends mmo i I think that might might do something we'll see oh i i'm gonna play the hell out of that i'm yeah. I, I i don't know what to expect all i know is i'll definitely play it but what, yeah what i'm getting at is that um our interest is tempted at all times through life so like those servers are going to drop off anyway and i know what you're saying in terms of well why don't we prop them up at least a little bit as long as we can with a boost um it's just something that maybe then later on when when we're really struggling when when things are dire when we can you know see the meteor falling on the servers and it's slowly coming crashing down towards the earth and we know that that death is coming for for our love of wow classic and people aren't playing it as much anymore sure maybe that would be a good time to introduce the boost hey guys guess what here's a spicy thing that might get you interested but right now when it's super duper popular i just don't think it's as necessary as it might be then um, yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think it comes down to just a, maybe almost like a fundamental difference in how much uh, you feel you want the, 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 the full classic experience, right? Like for me, I'm willing to make sacrifices in, in my classic experience where I feel like, yeah, it sucks, but it's, it's not going to kill my love for the game. Um, I'll accept that as a loss if it means that the server's a little bit more healthy here and there. Um, whereas I think um, someone like Ale um, might might they they they'd rather have give me the exact classic experience I want, and I, I just want that experience. And if, if it means like the the servers die one month quicker down like six years down the line or something, it's it's an acceptable loss if it retains that magical, ideal classic experience. Um, at least that's what what I see. Like maybe just the the value, the value proposition for for us is different, uh, in, in what we think that. That sort of makes us sound no changes, but Ale, we're not no changes anymore, are we? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, no. Not, well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't mean to put yeah words in your mouth or anything, but uh, yeah, um, obviously that there are some changes. I think at this stage, everyone can agree some changes are uh, would be a, would be a good thing, <laughs> especially in. Uh, I, I'm curious though. This is a little side topic. What do you guys think about the world buffs thing? The uh, the new change they put in with yeah, the displacer, with, with the, the item, chrono displacer. Yeah. I I think uh, like generally like I I like the I like it. I feel like it's a little bit late though. Um, yeah. And it and it doesn't really solve all the problems. Like a the, I raid with a more casual guild now as well, and one of the big issues for them is just having to actually like go and get the buffs as well, right? Yeah. And the fact that they're required because if they you know, if they don't get it, then they're not going to be able to hold aggro on people who don't who do have them, right? So, it's like it kind of solves one problem by allowing people to play more. But uh, as for them, they're still kind of upset that it doesn't solve all the problems. It just makes it easier to continue playing your character. So, 
it's like it's like a third of the of the problems are solved or it's like a benefit and the other two are still kind of lingering right yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I was just curious i don't want to take us on a whole side path because that, that was a whole nother one hour of the show if, if we fully fully discuss that but yeah i, I think uh, I, I think yeah some changes are healthy i mean even in in I, I always go back to the everquest classic look at things um some changes i, I think what I think a lot of the times is I, I think sometimes people think things may have a bigger impact than, than they actually do. And, and in the end, it's... um And usually when the things... The, the thing the hardest thing about the boost is there's a lot of assumptions going on for both sides. um And because we just don't have full data, like I draw my data from EverQuest Classic, but there are points where people can argue, okay, maybe that's not 100% applicable to WoW. And then vice versa on the other side for your side, when you when you're guessing where things will go in the path of classic wow um you also don't have the full data you got to make some assumptions here and there so i think uh in the end it's just it's just, it's just very hard to to predict these things um on a whole and and we're just trying to make reasonable conjectures as far as the path of wow it it would definitely be nice if we had more public data directly from from Blizzard on subscription numbers or yeah. just breakdowns on services or things like that, where that we'd be able to understand, you know, why the decisions are made or how they turn out. But unfortunately, we don't. So you know, here we are, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, to bring it back to Blizzard, uh, I think the most frustrating thing is that uh, I feel like Blizzard generally gets a lot of stuff right, but they just get it. I, it's something I said last podcast as well. They they get the right decision, but like six months or a year down the line, they, they get it right. Kind of like what happened with this whole world bus thing is that they go through enough mistakes that at some point they figure stuff out and they get something right. But often at times they've taken so long and they miss the mark so many times that by the time they've done it, it's just, well, or, or thanks, I get I, I get it now. It's not very helpful now. That's that's funny actually, because when Josh, me and Josh were discussing the, the world buff changes, he was like, you know, why now? Like, it, have they been sitting on this? Like, what took them so long to make something, a change like this that would be, you know, beneficial for so many players, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, to bring it back to the, to the, to the boosting topic, that's why I'm, I'm really scared about, like, rolling this out at, at the last hour is that if you want to fix any retention, just, I, I don't have faith in Blizzard to roll out good fixes on time. I'd rather that they they maybe screw screw up some things a little bit here and there and eventually end up at the right decision because it's going to take them some time I feel to to find the right balance and things especially when it comes to Blizzard who takes god knows how long to actually make a change that the community likes as we've seen with with drums out of interest no I, I, we didn't really touch on this and like I said I was I was hesitant to touch on this because of the the dangers and, and I've already did done this once during this podcast and and you know I didn't mean to because it's a it's a foolish stretch when you do make the the straw man or the, or the false equivalency argument but uh, I'm not I'm not trying to I'm trying to word this correctly so I, I, I get it right but like so you, I totally hear you that your main concern does seem to be look you are a hardcore player you're a fucking good player um, you want all the people there for your guild at the last phase when you're really trying to go through the hardest content. And I, and I totally get you on that one. What if the fix was, okay, we're, we're having, let's say the boost wasn't there, but then we get to the, the final phase of, of TBC and you're going through Sunwell Plateau and player numbers are starting to dissipate and, and you're struggling. Maybe you've had a few people quit the guild and you're like, far out, we need a healer, we need something. Um, what if Blizzard at that point threw out the option of like a, a paid boost 
to, and again, I'm, this is ridiculous, but just hear me out. Um, a paid max level boost, skip the attunement process, catch up with everyone to help the, the ailing raiding community. Do you feel like that crosses a line? Um, so this would be like a late stage, like emergency deployment kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that would be okay because at that stage, you're already in critical danger because if progress is the last guild left on the server, uh, we've probably lost 50 other guilds before then because like I said, the hardcore guilds always is, is last guild impacted in a lot of cases when there's retention issues. Uh, it'll be all the dead casual guilds before that. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's not like I'm tied to the boost as the only solution. Uh, I'm open to other ideas for the boost. It's just that um, I, I just don't trust Blizzard to get get the implementations right and such. And this is kind of like the easiest retention fix for them to do. That's versus a lot of other things where where I don't I just don't know if Blizzard's going to get it right. Hmm. So it's kind of whatever it takes to fix late game rating. Um, to fix just the server livelihood as a whole i think one one thing people always forget is that the discount the impact that casual players have on the community and the feeling of a server for for me when people say oh well you know 70 percent, 80 percent of people are going to use the boost and then quit after two months or whatever it is i don't always see those people that quit as a bad thing because for those two months you had them adding to, to the auction house to the livelihood of the server to the casual community to the random people you see out killing bears on the open world those things are good additions to the world and yeah they're casual players yeah they may never raid but when i walk around shatraf or i walk around the open world those casual players make things really nice it it, it, it makes the whole server feel really great it's why BlackRock and Proudmoore were the two biggest vanilla WoW servers in the past and they were the most fun ones to play on because there was a giant Australian community impacted with the US community and it just made the servers always feel alive. So for me, like even if the casual player, you know, they quit after two months, I think that's fine. They're, they're, if they can, the, the ideal is that the casual player quits and then another casual player replaces them. So you have this never-ending cycle of those casual players going in and out. And it, it's fun. I, I like seeing those guys around. The guy that's keyboard turning and has no idea what, what he's doing because it adds something to my WoW experience. I, I don't just want to be surrounded by, by my friends in progress with five outs at a max level with full bis. Yeah, you you want to you want to have more a bigger community at almost any cost, right? Like the more people, the merrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah for me as long as I it, agree, yeah. I agree with the sentiment for sure. But at what cost is kind of what yeah. we get at. Yeah, it's kind of the. I mean, that's what the whole discussion has been really. Is it? Yeah, at what cost? So yeah, I guess to sum up, uh, for for me, I feel like the costs. Like we lose out on leveling experience, we lose out uh, a little bit on on the inflation things. Probably the the whole trade skill dilemma, botting. I feel like those for me are necessarily evil. Um, that you lose those a little bit, but for me, if it makes the server feel alive, it it helps retention. Those are things I'm willing to lose in exchange for a better server. Got it. And 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 I hear you. And and. It's refreshing hearing it from like like I say I'm I'm not a hardcore raider but but hearing it from someone as passionate as you are Snow about that that hardcore raiding scene, 
Um, like I say, I'm, I'm, I haven't come here to shout you down or to, to you know, scream at you. I'm right, you're wrong. That that's not how I feel. It's while I, I feel a certain way about the boost, my ears are always open to your perspective. And and having heard you here today you've absolutely sort of opened my eyes a little bit more to the other side of the coin. I, I wouldn't say I've been swayed, but I'm much more sympathetic to your cause, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I feel same. like that's the ideal, right? Oh, sorry, go. Yeah, yeah. You know, same. Like, I, I hope you're right. I hope that, you know, I don't think the boost is going away. I think they're going to keep it. I hope that it does more good than bad, that it gets players in, people into the arena playing, keeping those games going. That's a big thing that we haven't really touched on is that, I think a lot of people who boost are probably actually going to do arena. And as long as like those games keep pumping, like that's, that that's only good for classic. As long as those people are playing, I, I hope that like what you said does come true, that it does keep people around for longer. Cause I think overall that would be a benefit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean that that's, you know, that you touched on something that's the funniest part of this entire topic. And it's why I, I told my my audience and, and stream and everything that this is the last time I'm going to talk about the boost topic because we've been talking about it for like a month now and we all know that it's not going away regardless of what we do. Blizzard's going to put it in. No matter how much I agree or you disagree, Blizzard's going to put it in and, and it's almost like a matter of fact that this is going to happen. All our discussion is just on the theoretical side of things when we know Blizzard's just going to put it in. Yeah, I mean, there is there is a, a large sense of um, inevitability about this. However, in saying that, I also, like our whole thing is we don't necessarily want to give in to the apathy of what's the use. Like we talk about it on my show. I tweet about it as well because I'm like, if we kind of lay over and do the whole, oh, there's nothing we can say to change their minds, then why do we talk about anything? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there's always got to be some slim hope, even though logically I tend to agree with you, Snow. I've said this for some time now. TBC is their opportunity to flog our wallets and they will take every opportunity they can. And this is just one of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, what I can say is when they go too far with like really obvious too far, I'll 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 be happy to to join your side of things and and protest against it as well because um it it, it surely if if Holly Longdale who is now running WoW Classic who came from EverQuest Classic if she ever goes too far where in EverQuest Classic they put in a mount that costs fifty dollars and it was the only way to get an attack buff on your character um if they ever do something like that in WoW um I will be full against that because that was a toxic experience having to spend fifty dollars in EverQuest just to be competitive. Um, well, I, I meant to ask you this earlier, yeah. sorry, Snow, about Holly, when you brought her up in regards to her time in charge of EverQuest, you know, I got a message from a listener a few weeks ago who, um, I didn't play EverQuest or EverQuest Classic, so I can't really say, talk about this at all, but you're the perfect person to ask. My understanding from this message was that they were saying Holly was actually, she took charge of EverQuest and that's when EverQuest started to really ramp up their monetization. And she was kind of the, the tip of the spear in terms of changing the landscape of EverQuest in terms of like money, money, money. Did, is that true or not? Uh, yeah, well, she's not loved in the EverQuest community. Um, that's the impression I got. Yeah, she, she's not loved in the EverQuest uh, community because she made a lot of, yeah, sometimes they do cross the line. They, they, they put in full for one just pay to win elements like the mount and, and such 
Um, but but I'm I think the thing I got out of that is that wow they 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 did a lot of stuff the community did did not like, but it still didn't kill the core of the game, which I think that's the biggest fear of of people who are on the anti boost side of things. They don't want the core of the game, what makes WoW Classic WoW Classic, to die. They don't want to detract too much from that. Um, and my experience is even though Holy Longdale made a lot of mistakes, she 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 messed up. There was a lot of things where she went too far or she made bad mistakes. Um, that that killed one of her mistakes was leaving dead content on the servers for too long without new content coming out. It killed half the server maybe because there was a six month gap where there was no new content, and and guilds just lost people to attrition because they got bored. But I feel like she should have learned lessons. I I I say that with a hopeful tone because um she regardless of all the mistakes she made, she never made it so bad that it was just. It, it was just like, yeah, this game sucks now. I don't want to play this mm. game. She never to- totally killed the EverQuest experience. And I don't think she's going to do that to WoW, even if she puts in more cash up elements. But, but why do you say that out of interest? Now, I'm not here to put the boot into Holly. Like I said, I, I know too little of her and her work to be able to say anything, and I didn't play EverQuest. But it is interesting that you say she's got a track record, and you clearly sounded quite passionate about your distaste for the things that she did with EverQuest Classic. And you say... Yeah, she kind of fucked me in the game I love over before, but oh, she won't do it again. And we kind of apply the same argument to Blizzard where it's like, oh, Blizzard kind of fucked up with WoW in terms of microtransactions and the cash shop in the past. Oh, but they won't do it again. It's like, why do we give them the benefit of the doubt when the history is right there? Yeah, well, well, I'd say it's mostly because when when she did go do that, um, it, it wasn't that bad. Um, like like the mount was the worst example when they put in mounts with buffs that could only be gotten from the paid shop mounts. It it was bad, but it wasn't to a point where it completely killed the game. And the the, pro, the reason why a lot of the things that she the biggest mistake was just not having content out in time and such on 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 her end where where we spent six months raiding the same. It, it would be like if if we were in next Ramus for for like a year or something in, in WoW. Uh, right, 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 right. Horrendous. I feel like they lost so many subs from that. If she has any semblance of, of a clue of how to improve, she's not going to do those sorts of mistakes that just lost so much trust and subs. Because at the end of the day, if she only cares about sub numbers and such, I would feel that she's going to look at the numbers and say, okay, yeah, this was one step too far. Or this was a mistake I made. I'm not going to make it again in EverQuest, uh, in WoW Classic. Fair enough, fair enough. But uh, yeah, so um, I don't know. Any any closing statement, guys? I think uh, I think it was a really good discussion. I think we both understand the other side point of view, at least, and at least we we have an idea of where the other person's coming from. Yeah, th- th- thanks for having thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, and uh, I'm glad that uh, we connected. And I'll definitely be checking out your stream. I like seeing uh, all the rogue stuff that uh, that you've been testing in the beta and. Definitely need more of that. There's still a lot of broken things. Yeah. Uh, Josh? Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much, man. It was really nice meeting you. Um, and, you know, finding out you're a fellow Aussie. Fantastic. But, like, I'll, I, I, I did watch your guys' uh, first episode. Um, I'll have to catch up on the others. And, you know, I'm, I'm always pretty cognizant of what's going on in the podcast scene and, and the content creation scene in general when it comes to classics. So, you know, I'm always happy to see uh, other podcasts pop up and uh mate you know like i said it was this was a blast and uh don't be a stranger yeah yeah for sure man i appreciate you guys coming on i had fun it was great